0: Super Tuesday. Politicians like to have their own Super Tuesday. You know, November, I think it is. But we have, uh, we have our own. This is not November. It's just sometime in the primaries they have a Super Tuesday. Yeah, I think that's where that it came from.
1: A, that's when there's a bunch of primaries right, all on the same day. Right.
0: We call it Super Tuesday because the wise guys are on, uh, on our live stream and YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, wiseguys.com and we love this day
1: yeah it's it's the best day of the week best evening of the week you and i have a busy day every tuesday yeah, it's so a- i i started with sports nation this morning there's a lot of tuesdays that you start with sports yeah, Nation. yeah and then we then we do afr and then we do wise guys and guess what
0: we love it we do love it
1: we love this the most
0: this is the this is
1: because uh, the- we get to interact with all of you and glenn's already in the house yeah hey Glenn. so wait he said he's been waiting all week for this great show and what a great tuesday um to talk about this byu team uh with another big win and like let's be honest how many people out there how many of you out there on the chat really thought they'd be five and two at this point
0: yeah let's hear from you because we thought five and two seemed reasonable if things were going well i I, am at one point we made on afr a short time ago hey vegas good to have dr kitchen yeah was Five and two with this offense that's been struggling to run the ball and struggling on third down, that is a little surprising. Yes. Five and two when uh, all the Pistons are firing, that seemed quite reasonable.
1: Yeah. If the offense was playing well, they might be six and one. Right now, yeah, and and there's there's some glimpses of some good things in the first half of that game, so we're we're gonna get to that. Hey, great to have Amber in the house from my home state of New York, down in the city. My daughter Libby and Dallas were out in the park today in Central Park, and they sent some video, and I was just like, oh man, Central Park in the fall,
0: yeah, this it is a great was time of year, just
1: gorgeous. And there was these little cute raccoons that 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 were right there in the cute, park. Hey, raccoons and, aren't cute. No, not in my house. No, not. no, they're not. They took residence, as most people know that have <laughs> listened to this show enough in my attic this last week took half
0: the show to get him out
1: yeah it was not good yeah. and so but yet these these seem playful and nice out in central park where they belonged but <laughs> hey fo- follow us at ysguys.com wiseguys.com please follow us follow us on youtube um we'll put the link in the chat jack will put that link in the chat hit subscribe it's free we're also on facebook twitch um, if you follow us on Wiseguys, though, that, that's the most important that's one. That's home oh, base. Wiseguys.com. Then you have links to everything else. You also get our weekly email with highlights from the show. Um, and then you can kind of click on and, and and do whatever you want with that. Check out our library of interviews because uh, it it is it is literally a list of who's who um, with with connections to BYU from Danny Ainge to Marie Osmond to Mark Pope. Tom Homo, Sherry Dew, Jimmer Fredette, Mark Wilson, Steve Young, Ty Detmer, Chase Roberts, Lauren Gustin, they are all there at ysguys.com waiting for you uh, to click and to go and to—and you, you can listen to as much or as little as you like. But it's—it's it's fun. I was just talking to a friend this last week, and he was asking about some of the guests, and I kind of went through, and he goes, "Oh man, I need to go back and yeah. I need to go back and look through some of these. I didn't realize that you had." You know, Danny Ainge on the show, and and when did you have Steve Young? I'm like, have you been listening? Like, come on. Come on. They're all there, hundreds.
0: There's but, hundreds but, of clips. But the good
1: news is he hasn't missed it
0: because he can go back and he can still watch it. So Mike from Far West, Utah, in with us tonight. I saw Farmington there as well, and we'll try to give everybody a shout-out. Please take a moment on the live stream and tell us where you're watching from. Ruthie, and we're
1: glad to see – like, she says she's glad to see us both. Thanks, Ruthie. We're, we're
0: glad – to see you. Well, we don't get to see you, but we're glad to see you up there and, and joining us today. Richie. So one time, because I, I get when I was on TV a lot in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, people would say, uh, hey, watch all the time. Uh, I always say good night to you or whatever. And and uh, I said, uh, "Hey, we, we see you all the time. And I said, "Why well, see you, too. <laughs> this one older lady <laughs> said something like that. She goes, yeah, I see you. I see you every night in, in, uh, in my house. I go, you know, I see you, too. She goes, what? I go. What well, technology you can see me and I can see you back, and she, she freaks out. Goes, and I go and I said, and you know what? That purple robe I think is outstanding. Turns out she had a purple robe oh. and it totally blew her mind. Oh, you, that's... and then I had to explain. It later. I waited for a while and then I explained it. She, I so was just kidding My... because she thought with today's smart TVs. That we could see them. Yeah,
1: my my worst one ever actually happened in Vegas. I was walking up the stairs, right before I was ready to do a UNLV San Diego State game in the Thomas and Mack down there, and there was this whole little family. It was the dad and his boys, like four boys, and the wife on the other end, and they were all in UNLV gear, and but they were evidently BYU fans too. Yeah, and so uh, which which is that's very common. I'm not wrong, right, Dave? You right? lived in Vegas. There's yeah. A lot of BYU fans down Thousands there support of the them. Rebels, but they're they're really BYU fans. So. Right before the game, I wanted to do a lap around the concourse just to get my game face on. And I'm walking about halfway up, and a uh, guy stops me. And he goes, hey, you're Blaine Fowler. We watch you on TV all the time. And he goes, boys, this is Blaine Fowler. He played quarterback at BYU back in the 80s. And then he looks me up and down, and he goes, wow, dude, looks like you could play offensive line right now. <laughs> now, I'd gained a few pounds, I'm willing to admit. So, well, you but, know,
0: today's but, line. But I
1: have to say... People, be kind.
0: That wasn't a flattering like I comment. Was,
1: I was about to go on, and like it kind of shattered me for a minute. I had to pull myself together. I went up to the concourse. Instead of taking a lap, I went into the men's room to find a mirror. You
0: were devastated.
1: And I stood sideways, and I, I looked at myself, and I said, do I really look like an offensive lineman? I had body image problems for like three months after that. So <laughs> yeah, be, is, be, uh, be, be kind. kind to people on TV. And remember, TV puts 20 pounds on all of us.
0: Weston is in from Nebraska tonight. Glenn is... Oregon for now. Back in the Philippines next week, Glenn. When you go to the Philippines, we let all the BYU alumni know about this show, and they, and they can join us. And we'll we'll continue to branch out uh, in the Philippines. That's outstanding. Here's here's what we got coming on tonight. This is an awesome show. We hope you enjoy it. We're right in the middle of beating Texas second, playing Texas on ABC. That's just the like the you couldn't ask for a bigger week for BYU football and BYU radio football analyst Hans Olsen's is going to join us to talk about Texas Tech. We'll ask him what it's going to take to beat Texas on Saturday. Yeah, I I, I love Hans and, and I love, I, I just had a
1: flashback when we were talking about, about him earlier today. We were doing preseason interviews with the football team and, and I was like, is it Hans? Is it Hans? Like how do you say it? And he goes, just remember, and he put his hands like this and he goes, it's hands, like hands. H A N S. It could go yeah. either way. So it's Hans and Hoke. I called him right? Hans. I think one time when I, he was playing. I, I made that mistake when he was playing too. Like it's, hey,
0: it's Hans Olsen, Like Hans and Hoke. He had a fumble recurrent return for a touchdown against San Diego State yes, when we he, were calling that. Yes, game. he did some fun was, stuff. So and, and so he's going to join us. The Talbots are going to be with us. Dave and Debbie. They're the alumni chairs in the Austin area. They're expecting a huge BYU turnout at the game on Saturday. We'll talk about all yep. the activities. We'll get you. We'll get you into that. Hey, how about women's soccer? It's big. 12 tournament time which is a great
1: time of year the women's soccer team is playing fantastic as expected who will BYU
0: face first in the big 12 tournament we're going to cover that for you amber says do we have a snowball's chance in Texas on Saturday let me tell you something amber I served my mission in Texas in the Austin area and uh and the communities around and about and a couple of days it did snow it wasn't in September but it did snow so there is a snowball chance
1: I, over the years I've done a lot of work in in the Dallas Fort Worth area as as well so I know that's north but um, I've been in the worst hailstorms and ice storms in my life in Texas so that weather can get bad one time I was in a hailstorm so bad we made hail snowballs so they there there is a chance there so what we're chance. saying is amber
0: We're telling (laughs) you there's a chance. chance. Jordan Woods in with a comment says, don't know who we need to petition for this, but more and more stadiums are able to dim or flicker the lights around exciting moments. We got to get that rolling for our fourth quarter celebrations. I don't like it. I don't like it because it jacks up the TV highlights and those are important to us for all our shows, but fans seem to like it.
1: My wife just Brenda just asked about that Um, on the Monday night game. They did that after a score or something. Yeah. And Brenda said, how come we don't do that at BYU? And I said, do you think that's cool? And she said, yes. And then Jordan and Wood said, the fire dancers would really pop. Um, it would be, it'd be a super hype, but let's make it happen if the, if the lights would flicker. We always, when we're sitting up in our little perch in the corner and the fire dancers come out at that last, you know, that, that third, between third and fourth quarter break, and these huge Polynesian men are out there spinning their fire, and we always look at the opposing team and the opposing team always has and we're close enough to kind of see mm-hmm. this look on their face like exactly what is going on right now. They're in a
0: luau, they're in a football it's like, game. What, what is, is
1: going on? Like, like they hit this drum thing, and then there's fireworks everywhere, and dudes running around the field with flags on fire, and guys spinning fire things in in and, and Tongan gear and or, or Polynesian gear like what is actually going on here? Which is exactly what we're trying to accomplish in that field chaos. because we want chaos. We want the team to not focus about going into the fourth quarter. We want them focused on everything that's going on. The rock level. goes crazy. And I have to say one of my favorite things in the stadium on, on game day is right after all of that, when the student section goes back and forth and they uh, – who does that song? Um, ooh, uh, who is it? It's Kanye. It's Kanye. Kanye, so it's Kanye West, who's a very the relig- Rock loves that. very religious man right now. So we can talk about Kanye. So, um, yeah, I love that. It, it is a great tradition, but I think teams for the first time in LaBelle Edwards Stadium, they literally can't focus and look back and ask one another, what in the actual heck is going on right
0: now? Yeah, now we have kids out there, fire dancers. Cosmo is a fire dancer. There, the yeah, and then
1: Cosmo took his shirt off. <laughs> And he had, you know, he's been training all summer. They had those. Bits I'm not where sure what I saw. He was lifting with the team. He takes his shirt off, <laughs> and he has a six pack of fur.
0: Yeah, he had six, six pack, pack, and of he had biceps. none of it was lit on fire during nope, the uh, demonstration. No,
1: it was, was something. Let's just say, you know that old David Letterman thing. Is this something? Like, is this something? They used to say, "Is this actually something?" That yeah, was
0: something. That was something. So, Steve from Olympia,
1: Washington, is in tonight. Thanks, Steve. Yep, Steve. And and uh, hey, men's hoops. We were supposed to do the blue and white game tomorrow night. You and I were all set to do that, yeah. and we want to let folks know that that's been canceled. Um, have a, a couple of guys that are ill, a couple of guys that are a little some nicked banged up. up, and they're like, eh. And, and it's hard to do like an inter-squad a blue and white game if you don't have twelve or thirteen healthy bodies. And Mark scrambled and tried to get some some alumni to come play. That's a hard game. To come play, it's one thing to have a spring alumni game where everybody's a little out of shape and it's not really that serious, but really, really fun. Although I would say Max Hall begs to differ on being, you know, competitive. A few of those guys want to be really competitive, but everybody comes and it's just a good thing. But to actually come back and intermingle with the real players and play a real game, there's not, it's hard to be. Few doctors
0: would sign off on it. Yeah,
1: and it's it's not easy to come back and do that. So there just really wasn't enough that we could put together to, to stage that. So, so
0: we're going to do the, the yeah, week exhibition game a week from Wednesday yep. on you BYU TV, and then everything else is on ESPN+. Plus, and you and I are going to do a boatload of yeah, games Yeah, Dave ESPN and I are Plus. scheduled
1: for I think we're scheduled for 15 games, with you and I and Spencer, yeah, and then Jeremy and, and uh, Tyler will provide pregame, halftime, and postgame for 15 of the games. There's some preseason and some league games that Dave and I will do on ESPN. So we hope you uh, – We'll keep you posted on all those so you can watch us.
0: Nick is in from Lebanon, Oregon. Nick, thank you. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to open up the uh, this oh, book, the yes. box of books that the Deseret Book has sent me for C is for Cougar. We've been talking about it a little bit. Now it's it's actually a thing, and we're going to open it up and see if it's cool or not here in just a couple of minutes. And our Cougar Board question of the week is coming up Wait, as is, well. Just I just want to know, because you haven't told me, is B for Blaine? <laughs> You know, you, know uh, you you represent all 26 letters for me. Just want, just know that before wow. you look at the book. Okay. <laughs>
1: I'm going to temper my excitement now because I basically use it's, between, all, it's last name driven. The, it's but, last name oh, driven. So, is F
0: for Fowler? You see, here's the thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? Once we open it, you can look to F and see who's there. And then you can say, I don't know if I agree with that or not. Okay. All right. So I know that you had a hard time finding like a Z no, a no, no, I had it. They were easy. They were easy. There's just Z? a few of them. There's, there's every it, letter represented. X? There's one in there. There's one football player in the history of BYU that's played whose last name starts with an X and he's in there.
1: Well, of course he is.
0: <laughs> I, and I had to get a hold
1: of all of so, them. So what you're telling me is I can blame it on my folks that I'm not in your book because they decided to have a last name beginning with F.
0: Uh, well, you know, I'll let you decide once you see who's representing the letter F. All right, okay. Uh, so that's coming up here in a minute. Headlines, uh, the BYU-West Virginia game. Typically, we tell you on this show what time and what network right. that's going to be on a week from Saturday. But the Big is, 12 is trying to figure out to make sure the best games go to the best places so they're not going to decide until Sunday. Right. So there's no time and there's no network for the West Virginia game until Sunday. Now, BYU beats Texas. BYU is going to be in the top 25, and they're going to be a nice spot for that game. Right. If they don't beat Texas, then they're going to be, you know, there's one of six different places, but we won't know until Sunday. Remember, we
1: were talking either last week or the week before, and we were saying when we found out that the Texas BYU game was either going to be ABC or ESPN, we speculated if BYU and Texas both win, that game's going to be on ABC, which it is. Right, and so if BYU wins this game, um, and and West Virginia's been a bit of a surprise this yeah. year, and West Virginia takes care of business, um, that will change, you know, kind of the time of day and which network that's on. We like playing at night; that's yeah. documented.
0: But we'll see. We'll see. We got a day were asking game me, coming asking up. Me today,
1: can they beat Oklahoma State on the road? I'm like, do they play at night? They can beat anybody <laughs> on the road at night. They can beat Georgia on the road at night. They always win at night.
0: So. Neil from Tucson is here. Trevor's from Denver. Linda's in from Colorado as well. Good yeah. to have you all here on The Wise Guys. How about that Texas Tech game? BYU wins 27-14. to 14. The defense forces five turnovers. Defense and special teams, five turnovers, which was the key to the game, which seems to be the key to every game. Yeah, and, and how about Eddie Heckard in this game? You know, mm-hmm. He came on with us post-game,
1: and he was not only the player of the game defensively in our books, but he was a player of the week on defense for the Big 12. Yes. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. He, he was phenomenal. He had an interception. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, he had four tackles. He had. Our, he was he was phenomenal out there in this game. And he
0: was leading. And he was making calls. And and uh, he's a Big 12 defense he's player a of the week. He. Uh, I sit down with him this week on game day. Right. And you get to know Eddie a little bit. He's a he's a leader. He wants to go to the NFL. And the scouts said you need one more year at Power Five football level. And Jay Hill says, I got the spot for you. And here he is. He's fantastic. And
1: and, and I love – because there was speculation that he could go maybe the free agent round or be a really, really late draft pick because he had kind of enough out there to get a shot. And Jay said, you know what? Come play in P5. I know what you can do at this level and get drafted. And, you know, if he has the second half of the season, you know, a little step up from the first half of the season – He's moving his way up in people's in, in people's draft boards oh, yeah. and, and consideration because he's
0: having a heck of a season. Big test for him yeah. this weekend. And
1: how about how about those safeties, Dave?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we, we've been talking about depth at safety, and, and Kalani's been talking about depth. Period. Right. Um, and they started off the season before they played a single game, and they lost both starters. So they lost Talon Alfrey and they lost Micah Harper, and it's like, oh my goodness, what what are they gonna do? Um, it, but, but the guys have just rallied, and and they, they who was going to be the other guy um, that could step up and play some, some free safety office, opposite Slade? Because they knew Slade was a proven commodity. He had been really you – know, he got some playing time. Spring ball, he was really good. They were like, okay, Slade can play. Who's going to be the other guy? How about Crew Wakely having 11 tackles in the game last week?
0: Fantastic.
1: And he was all over the place. And he was in the right places, taking the right angles. I hate to say it, but we've kind of taken for granted that Ethan Slade's going to be in the right spot and play well. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, Ethan Slade's a given. Now... Talon Offrey could play this week. We haven't gotten word yet. Hasn't played yet. So, so depth is going to get better. Micah Harper's out for the year. But now take Talon Offrey and put him back in the mix with as well as Ethan Slade's playing and as well as Crew Wakeley's playing. I like that. Um, you got Mooney, who is a young buck that's really coming up and playing extremely well and physically maybe the most gifted of all the safeties. Um, and he's coming on. And all of a sudden, that safety group is looking like a strength yeah. For this team, we were very worried four weeks ago about this this
0: group of safeties, and I'm not that worried about them anymore. Larry's in from Linden, Utah, and I see Michael's in from Beaumont, Texas. Hey, guys, the offense no turnovers. Keaton Slovis, 15 of 27, 127 yards, two touchdowns. Darius Lasseter, your selection for the Y factor, mm-hmm. four for 47, a one handed catch, oh, which that was awesome. Catch was, we broke it down in AFR. Yeah, you want to watch thing that, that on AFR. ridiculous. And then we went split screen. His touchdown with Chase Roberts, one-hander, and then we debated which one was best. You can see that on yeah, AFR. Hey, on the chat,
1: that's another question I'm interested in on the chat. Like, so, so I'm not even going to tell you what Dave Nixon and I and, and, and Dave McCann said on AFR today, but which catch do you think was better, the Chase Roberts catch or the Darius Lassiter catch? Which one was better um, between those two? We did a side-by-side on the show and showed them at the same time on a split screen. Um But take all things into consideration. I'm interested to know which catch you thought was better between the... They were both phenomenal.
0: Yeah. They were both phenomenal. They're waiting for you. Ryan Rico, eight punts, 45.5-yard average, hit a long of a 70-yarder, and he recovered a fumble. Special teams, Will Farron, two for two. Field goals of 35 and 41 yards. Special teams was outstanding. That's what it takes. Hey, Will Farron, we don't even talk about him. Do you know how nice that is? When we don't even talk about the
1: kicker... Because all he does, he's kicking good, right? All he does is kick the ball off nine yards deep in the end zone, so the teams hardly ever have a return. And we just expect him to make every field goal. He's been so unbelievably reliable that we stopped talking about the kicker. Could there be a better scenario than that when you don't even talk about the kicker because he's just so automatic right now? And I hate to even say that. That's why I'm knocking on wood. Every source of wood that I can find I'm knocking on right now because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to jinx him. But Will Ferren's been a revelation. Like, he has been a great get for BYU, the transfer from Boise State. And right now, BYU's special teams, their kicking game has been phenomenal.
0: It's been great, a great relief for the head coach. Kalani Satake had this to say as he wrapped up Texas Tech and kicked off Texas Week. This was yesterday, Monday, uh, to the media setting the tone for the week. Uh, let's hear him, Kalani Satake.
2: Uh, yeah, um, excited for another week of football we're, we're – uh... Obviously, uh, coming off of a win last weekend was really good for us and uh, homecoming game. So now we're um, back into the uh, the schedule heading out to Texas. I'm going out to Austin to play a uh, really, really good team, um, one of the best teams in the country. So uh, well coached and then coached by my buddy, Sark, you know. So I think um, looking at them and seeing them on film, uh, we've been able to watch them play uh, throughout the year. But uh, tough Tough, uh, tough task for us, but uh, we should be um, working on an opportunity for us to play at our best this weekend. But watching, watching them, there's not a lot of, um, not a lot of weaknesses. And um, I think the the goal is for us to focus on what we can get done, and then get out there and give it our best shot and see what happens. If we can live with the results if we do that. Uh, still feel like we can play better ball. Um, uh, I felt like we've had moments in the game uh, against Texas Tech where. We felt like um, this is what we were used to, maybe forming our identity off of that in all three phases. But um, also, it wasn't an error-free game, so still some things to work on, some things to improve on. I said this uh, post-game last week on, on Saturday night that uh, there's still room for improvement. But the, uh, the thing that I am really thankful for is that we um, play with high effort, high energy. Um, a lot of that came from the fans, and we're going on the road now, so we're going to have to generate that ourselves and uh, try, to, try to do something that a lot, a lot of teams can't do. And it goes into a very hostile environment with, with a fantastic fan base. Then uh, they have a, a really great team that, that's, you see it on film all, in all, all the positions, all three phases, well coached team. I, I know their coaching staff, a lot of guys on their, on their staff, they do an amazing job. And so, and then, you know, Sark's been, been so good to me uh, throughout our coaching careers He's always been uh, a guy that I can always turn to we, we keep in touch quite often obviously not going to be keeping in touch right now as as we're opponents but um appreciate his friendship and uh the fact that he's he' is in a, uh, a a cougar you know he played here and so it was, it's nice that we, we were able to keep that friendship but he's a, it's something that he does that i <clears throat> that I, I really appreciate him keeping in touch with me and especially when he his his uh his career took off and had this great trajectory uh, a lot faster than mine did. But he always uh, were, were able to be, you know, uh, kind enough to give me some uh, a lot of his time and, and be able to talk talk ball. And uh, so it's been really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing him and getting on the field and seeing these teams compete against each other. And, and uh, really, really hopeful that this is going to be an opportunity for our team to perform at our best and that uh, we can generate some momentum from last week. But going into this game and uh, you know, try to find ways to, to make this a huge positive for us and in the long run. I think the, the, the prep will be good, great for us this week. Had a great week of prep last week and looking forward to keep building and trying to get to that position where we can hit our peak and, and uh, uh, keep getting better as a team. We saw some flashes of it in, 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 in the game against Tech, but I think this is something that we're going to have to be a little bit more consistent in, and not be uh, just flashes. We have to keep that and sustain it throughout the game and looking forward to getting that done.
0: Kalani Sataki, he had a lot of good things to say about Sark, as you heard. Sark had a lot of good things to say about uh, Kalani, as you can imagine. And uh, it's going to be interesting. They're, they're playing for different things. Texas is trying to get in the college football playoff. BYU is trying to get bowl eligible in their first year as a, right. as a P5. And so each team takes the field uh, motivated by the opportunity to, to get some goals
1: met. And it's interesting when you watch Texas. I've been watching some film of Texas this week to get ready for our broadcast on Saturday. And um, I just go, whoa, that dude is. Hey, watch number one. You know, I'm talking about their, their, their wide receiver, um, Xavier Worthy. And I'm like, wow, this dude is special. And then the next play, I'm like, oh my goodness. Watch Jonathan Brooks, the running back. This guy is amazing. Like, he's something special. And over and over yeah, and over again, yeah. you, on defense, the, the, Jalen Ford is a big-time NFL linebacker um, that's, that that mans the middle for them. They have so much talent. But you know what they're coming into without?
0: Quarterback. The starting quarterback.
1: And that's big. And that's huge yeah. for BYU. That's a huge opening for BYU. Their backup quarterback, yep, he's a five-star guy. In fact, the backup's backup was the number one overall recruit in the country last year, and Arch Manning. And Arch may play some this week. Familiar name, right? Right. Um, and so they have talent, but but I don't care how talented you are. Steve Young is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game of football. Period. Oh, by the way, did we mention he's been on our show? But but. Yes, he has. That was, a, like, that was like a little parenthesis, but but one of the greatest <laughs> in the history of the game. But Steve wasn't so great when he was brand new out there playing as a sophomore. No,
0: no. Right? I was in the crowd. The crowd was groaning. There was like, "Who's this lefty?" Yeah, this
1: is what we got. Ty Detmer won the Heisman Trophy. One of the greatest college football quarterbacks ever. Yeah, I remember his first game as a yeah. freshman. And all the picks.
0: Now, new, so, newbies seem to do well against us, um, but not on Saturday against Texas Tech. They right? got after that newbie. The the TCU newbie, that was a whole bunch of stuff. A perfect storm. He looked great. Uh, so we got another newbie well, on and Saturday. Mur- and Murf-
1: Murphy's the starter this week, um, yeah. and he's a freshman. His career stats are four of eight, right? So doesn't have any touchdowns. That's four Does- of eight attempts. Doesn't have any interceptions, right? Yeah. He, he reminds me a little bit of Jefferson from Arkansas in terms Big, of his physical six, stature, five. six five, almost two hundred and forty pounds. Um, he wants to throw the ball around. Sark doesn't ask his quarterbacks to go out and run around. Um, so it's it's an opportunity for BYU. They created a lot of distractions and disruption for the young quarterback last week at Texas Tech, and that's what the, this is an opening. So as talented as Texas is. They're starting a freshman quarterback on
0: Saturday. We're going to talk a lot about Texas. Hans is going to join us here in a few minutes. Before he does, let's get to this. Oh, yeah, let's do this. So so some time ago, I had this idea. uh, There should be a BYU football alphabet book for kids and adults and Mm -hmm. every church bag, every office, and every home. And of the 500,000 BYU alum, there's, there's certainly a market for that. But there was no book. And so Sherry Dew, who's been on this show, yeah. I got Did with her. Did we mention that Sherry's been on the show? who we went to work on it. <laughs> Everyone's been on this show. So on Saturday, this shows up on the porch. It doesn't go on sale until November 7th. We're going to put the pre-order it's like fourteen ninety nine. We'll put the pre order info in the chat. But what I thought, you know what? Rather than me just open to the house and check it out, I thought we'd do it here. No, we're gonna do. This is like an unveiling. This is this is a this Have is you a seen total unveiling. You've had an advanced copy though, right? This I haven't seen what's in this box, but I've seen uh, prototypes and I've okay. seen. Um, but this is the this is the mother this is the mother load. So we're gonna take this out and we're gonna open this thing up.
1: Hey, I need one. hammer on a over here. Hang over here. I'm going right to the, I'm going to F.
0: <laughs> right now. See where I stand. So the. I want to see who beat me out.
1: I'm okay with that yeah. one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just give you a sneak peek and then you can. So we've got like, there's the letter N, there's the letter M. Those are pretty obvious. You got Jim McMahon, you got Gifford Nielsen. Well, and but F, 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 is, some F, F is, is more obvious F, than I F F I didn't even I didn't think about
1: this, but, but, and he's a dear friend yeah and um so we'll look at am so who, who would you think like just in your mind right now, everybody out there, who would you think would be F? and Dave nailed F because it's the phantom. it's Eldon Forti. yeah and and Eldon Fortie um, when Eldon and his wife, when he was being the phantom at BYU and, and just this tremendous runner, um, they lived in y Mountain Terrace right next to my mom and dad and and I was born uh, when my mom and dad were here at school. Um, so I was born in Provo, even though I spent my entire life in New York. I was born in Provo. Um, Darren Forti was born to the Fortis at that same time. Yeah. So we were—we didn't know that we were friends, but we were little kids together. My dad and Eldon are dear friends. Nice. We've been friends. And then Darren and I played together the next generation at BYU. Darren played wide receiver. How about that? So the Phantom Son. I
0: turned to H without revealing it. Okay. So you had H. You got, well, you got Tom Homo. You got— Taysom Hill, you got Max Hall, you've got uh, Gordon Hudson, um, yeah, and so, it, consistently, so there's, there's, there's can H. I, can I show him who H is? No, you, no, it's just a teaser, Just but you agree with H? Oh, it, yeah. Remember, it's not a Lifetime Achievement Award book, but it's also a book. It's a fun book, uh, too. With people who have kids, and you know what demographic right now are having kids? People who know Taysom Hill.
1: Yes, and, mm-hmm. and I have to tell you, G, I really agree with, and maybe one of the most underrated players of all time at BYU. Yeah. Yeah, there's so, some There's some. You know, good people ones. are going to go, what about this? What about that? I know. But, but you, know, you, you can't, like, can I tell them who G is or do they have to get the book? They got to get the book. You just tease them. I'm just going to say G was on the All-Madden team. <laughs> was on the All-Madden team and started for more than a decade at middle backer for the Washington Redskins and was a teammate of mine.
0: All right. So that, I'm going to agree with you. We're not giving you any more up. hints. Here's what I like about it. Because you need it's, to order the book. Uh, a kid can handle it. It's. Uh, it's a board book. And um, my roommate made it, and, Man. Uh, I didn't. Make anyway, it my roommate made it. Fourteen ninety nine. It's not a Christmas book, but it's available for Christmas. Every kid should get something like that in their stocking at Christmas time. Jay, um, I'll give him. And a hint then on we Jay. teach the, we train them up while they're young. We teach them the alphabet. And, Jay, uh, Jay is the guy that, so Ron, that. Mc,
1: Ron McBride remembered his name the night before the game, but he didn't remember Brian McKenzie's name, <laughs> and it really made Brian McKenzie mad. We we had Brian on the show last week. And Brian went out and rushed for 176 yards because
0: Ron McBride remembered who Jay was, but not who. All right, so there it is. There's the physical evidence of the C is for Cougar, BYU football alphabet book. It is our pleasure to welcome back to our show our friend, former Cougar defensive lineman, current BYU football radio analyst, Hans Olson. Hans, welcome back to... You, you think that's cool, Blaine? That's cool I love book. it. I think so. Like, I, I,
1: I could... I, this, this is like a... This is like a a a trip down memory lane for me, and and I think we need to tell Hands right off the bat. There is hey Hands Hands. There's only one O (laughs) in the book, like just so you know. I didn't make it. I don't know if you were listening long enough. Dave just unveiled this new book of his. It's an alphabet book of BYU football, and for For the kids. For the kids, it's a kids book, (laughs) and each letter Dave has represented a superstar. That played, and of course, there's you know, there's there's lots of great F players. So I didn't make the book, but Phantom Forti did, Eldon Forti, which I'm completely okay with. Hands didn't make the book, but I think Hands is going to be okay with who O is.
0: I hope so. I
1: hope Hans so. O is Bart Oates. Nice. Yeah, and Bart's yeah. Very, like Bart's got. People forget that Bart has more Super Bowl rings than anybody else to play at BYU because he's a Super Bowl ring, Super Bowl champion with the Giants and with the Niners,
0: right? He was sure, excited. Sure. He was. I had to reach out to everybody. Uh, in fact, um, we were on set doing um, game day last year during one of our commercial breaks. Uh, my phone buzzed. I looked down. It's Jim McMahon going, Dave, I'd love to be in your book. Go for it. Because I had to get permission from everybody. Everybody. To and use it's fun because
1: photos. Dave mentioned, Hans, like you and I had lots of competition, the O's and the F's. You know, there's a lot of them. But but there's only one player whose name begins with X in the history of BYU. And and now that I just looked at it, like, I remember that. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah.
0: So,
3: we're He's not in giving there.
1: them all away, hands, though, because they have to get the book. Right. <laughs> so we're just teasing people. Hans,
0: how are you doing today? What's up?
3: Doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're, we're
0: doing great. It's great to have you back on here. From a defensive lineman's perspective, how do you feel about BYU's boys up front? Because remember, when, when we were together in August, that was a big concern of yours.
3: They did much better against Texas Tech. Uh, I thought that Jackson Cravens and Nice Mahe were fantastic. I actually gave Tyler Batty my game ball, um, even over the turnovers and the corners. And I gave Tyler Batty my game ball because I felt like he really controlled the edge he dominated in special teams, forced fumbles, big plays, juiced up the team after getting spit on. And I felt like he was the catalyst for a lot of the defensive push. So I gave Tyler Batty my, my game ball. And then we gave nice amahe the steel man of the game because had did a lot of work without a lot of recognition. But there was a reason that Taj Brooks was below his season game average And if there was a reason that Texas tech couldn't get to their season rushing average. And a lot of that started with nice Yeah, Jackson Cravens has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, You know, I I think he's been very solid all year. I was bummed because John Nelson went out of that game. I don't know how serious that is, but uh, I was bummed to see John Nelson go down because he's been fantastic moved into that three technique. And, You know, I think Isaiah Mania has has just been a body. He's just been a guy out there. Um, I'm hoping that John Henry Daly can become a bigger, more usable piece. He's been getting some reps, and he's been getting on the field. Um, He has not made his presence ultimately known. But I thought that that was the best the interior line had played all year just on Saturday against Texas Tech.
1: You know – Hans, they they, – on our AFR show, you you talked about Tyler Batty and how disruptive – like, he was disruptive in this game in in a lot of ways, right, on on D-line and in special teams. On our AFR show tonight, Dave and I and Dave Nixon highlighted that play he made on the punt. And and I was taken back because he's part of that last um, protection shield. So he's not the guy that's supposed to run down and make the play. He kind of – Trails everybody else because he stays in to protect the punter. And then he, then he goes down and looks for some work. I was really taken back by his effort because he rarely gets involved in a tackle on that because they make the tackle. McKenzie makes it way down the field. He's just, he's, but we watched him. And once it was his time to release, he sprinted down the field, sprinted across. And I mean, that hit he put on that return guy was something special. What, what does that say about Tyler Batty in effort when he's putting out that kind of effort when there's a very slim chance he's even going to be involved in the play?
3: Well, I think he was really ticked off, and I would be. I'd be pissed. Somebody spit in my face, and <laughs> you know, they, it, it wasn't just a spit in the face. Uh, those Texas Tech guys, I guess, got pretty active on social media, and they were pulling some pretty shady pranks. Um, not only with Tyler, but, uh, Tyler's significant other. And, uh, it sounds like it was a lot of lowbrow business and those guys deserve to be broken half. And at the end of that game, Tyler even tried to bury a hatchet and they spit in his face again. Yeah. And yeah,
1: it was crazy. Tell,
3: tells me a lot about their low character. And I actually reached out to a guy that, uh, knows that roster really well, knows those guys really well. And I told him this is about as despicable as it gets. And he agreed and and he knew who it was. and He said that he was going to make some type of effort to let it be known that uh, what happened in that post game. So I just, I hated the whole thing. And, uh, you know, when players go too far, that's what happens. And I think that it, flip the switch and turn to batty. And I'm just hoping that that switch stays flipped the rest of the season because he does a lot of good things when he's ticked.
0: Yeah, he does. I think he does. Hey, what,
3: what, what's your thought on the, on the?
0: you know, we,
1: we, we've covered, hey, I could see your background. Hey, now. You I thought you were, it was like you were sitting in a dark <laughs> tunnel. It was pre-Halloween. It was like, yeah, there we go. Um, how do you think the defense has performed overall? Um You know, they had injuries at safety. You know, they're playing third and fourth safeties. They lost their two starters before the season even started. Um, New corners. Um, You know, Ben Bywater goes down. That's a lot to happen in the back end. But but overall, I'm interested in your assessment through seven games.
3: Well, I think in the early parts of the season, I think the defense carried them. And I think that this is a league – that doesn't pride itself in defense, the league that really prides itself in offense. And I think with Kansas and I think even Cincinnati and certainly Texas Tech, these are some really good offenses that can attack you from a lot of different areas. Kansas in the second half, I thought was spectacular. So, you know, you could put some heat on the defense and and wonder why they're in the basement on quite a few of their statistics um you know they're in the bottom 100 on a few different major defensive statistics but i think that they're facing some real form- formidable opponents you know by the time you get through anthony brooks this weekend you will have had three running backs that are like in the top 15 of running backs in the country yeah. consecutively. yes and and so people can be upset about the rushing numbers given up or they can get be upset about the def- the, the defensive numbers that BYU's putting up but uh, you need to start with who they faced and they face some really good talent with that being said uh, there's a lot of aspects of the defense that I really like you know uh, BYU's defense is one of the top in nations and takeaways they've got two guys uh, a corner two corners right now that lead the country it's like number three and number five in interceptions, taking four and three, seven between the two of them. And, you know, you're, you're looking at 16 takeaways as a team. That's, that's awesome. You know, if, if you compare that to a lot of teams in the country, you're looking at between eight and six more takeaways than a lot. So I've, I've loved their takeaways. I've been bummed that there, there hasn't been a little bit more action at the quarterback, especially with some of these young quarterbacks that they've been playing. I wish that they could have got to Hoover, the TCU quarterback. Yeah, And there's just, and and Hoover was getting rid of it. I I know you can look at it and say, oh, these quarterbacks getting rid of it. Look, NFL quarterbacks get rid of it fast too, but you're you're seeing the best of the best. They still get there. They still still hit the quarterback. They still pressure them. And I'd like to see the pressure boost up. I, I think they've got seven sacks on the year. And, you know, there's some players in this country that have 10, 11 sacks on their own. So I I don't, I'm not overly satisfied with what they're doing in getting to the quarterback. I'd like to see more of that. And they are drawing up pressures too. You guys have seen Mm -hmm. an an array, a diverse level of pressures that Jay Hill has introduced, incorporated and, and used they they weren't as prevalent last weekend against Texas Tech but they've been they were really pushed out against Cincinnati and they were at in times they were used against TCU my guess is you're going to get aggressive against Texas with this freshman or this redshirt freshman quarterback so i would imagine you get a little bit more aggressive with those so to answer your question um you know, if I had to give it a grade, I would give it in that C to C plus category. Yeah. Uh, collectively, I still I'm still shocked by what these safeties are doing. You know, Wakeley is the one that forced that that pick mm-hmm. um, that, that Eddie Hackard ended up with. So. Those safeties are, are overproducing for what we expected a fifth and sixth string safety to do. I'm really proud of those guys. I actually want to just say that where the defense was to where it is and and Jay Hill trying to do what he's trying to do with the guys he's got, I, I'm pretty proud of them. I'm pretty proud of them, but that doesn't mean I'm satisfied.
0: BYU football radio analyst Hans Olsen's on the Wise Guys tonight on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. And ysguys.com. Cougar fans in Utah can also hear him every day on the KSL Sports Zone from noon to 3 p.m. on 97.5 FM and 1280 AM. Hands, so the Cougars are just six of 28 on third downs over the last two games. What's your remedy to fix that?
3: Well, do whatever they're doing in the red zone. Hmm. <laughs> Figure yeah. out whatever they got going on that red zone because that red zone is spicy. Just they're, right? they're, extend they're 20, the red zone yeah, to like 80 yards? <laughs> I mean, hands. here's the number.
1: They're 21 or 23 in the red zone, 16 touchdowns. So their touchdown percentage is also phenomenal. And so like, which is baffling because it's usually harder in the red zone to move the football because you've got the end zone. is like a backup, like you've got a safeties lined up all across the back of the field. Everything gets condensed. It's harder to throw the ball in small spaces. It should be harder to run the football. Yet they're phenomenal in the red zone. I'm, I'm with you. Like it, so It's so weird that they're so good in the red zone and struggle in the field on third down.
3: So a couple of things, Dave. Um, number one, I think it's going to improve dramatically with Aiden Robbins back in the lineup. Because third down is a product of first and second down. Yeah. And your third down conversion is only as good as your first and second down in giving you third and shorts. And there just hasn't been a lot of third and twos. In fact, I think on third and ones, I think they have a 100% conversion rate this year. So you get them into third and one, you get them into third and two, Aaron Roderick can do a lot. Yeah. But their average is like a third and 7.8 yards. It's, it's a long distance and you know percentages are going to really drop off. So this might be wishful wishful thinking, but I think with Aiden Robbins back in the lineup, I saw things from Aiden that I haven't seen from LJ.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I've appreciated LJ's um, contributions, and I think he's going to have a beautiful future here at BYU. But Aiden did things that LJ doesn't. He made a lot of his moves at the line of scrimmage LJ likes to read the zone more in a lateral take, and I like how Aiden crowds up to the line, uses his offensive line size, and pushes off of it. He also used the counter and the trap movements better. He went underneath him instead of trying to go over the top or through him. So, I have a lot of hope that Aiden Robbins' uh, experience, his his kind of his, his veteran experience. Will give you a first down rush that'll give you, on average, a second and six.
2: Yeah. That's a huge difference.
3: Huge difference. Yeah. And then I just really hope that the second and sixes become more unpredictable uh, because. Blaine, I, I'm sure that you're like me. Uh, I'm I'm almost out of. Re- I
1: know what you're going to say, and I'm almost out of my mind.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can almost read exactly what's happening on second. And and Pete, you knew what was coming on 2nd oh, yeah. believe me. They so knew. so they need to sell
1: because on second and like nine or more, the the per- percentage run is ridiculously high. Yeah. Like if I was defending BYU right really now, high. I would put eight in the box, and take my chances playing cover zero or, or or man free on the outside and just defending the run on second and ten or more. Yep. Um, and I know that the analytics would say um, most teams will go pass defense, so they might bring in an extra defensive back, they play them a little more passive because they'll play pass on second and ten. But nobody does that against BYU anymore. So yeah. now you end up in third and ten. Because BYU's tendency has been so overwhelmingly run that that yeah. that now now it's and and frankly, hey, the Chiefs are phenomenal offensively. The Miami Dolphins are phenomenal offensively. The Eagles are you know these two teams we saw Monday night, they're not that good on third and ten. Let me tell you, great NFL offenses aren't good on third and ten. Third and no. ten is not a good position no. to be in.
2: And third so and so ten, I'm, I'm nine, hands I'm ten, with eight.
1: you a hundred percent. On first down production um, Needing to be better And on the possibility of that happening With Aiden Robbins Just seems to run so much more downhill Make his move at full speed And finish with a low pad level Kalani used the word that It's nice to have Aiden, he's a veteran guy He's older, he's got a lot more experience He rushed for a thousand yards last year He finishes in the word that Kalani used With way more violence He runs with more Mm -hmm. violence And I'm like, man I love that word to describe how a running back runs. With violence, I vote for that. And I say get them in better situations where they're not behind the chains. So I'm interested in your your thought. You mentioned you talked about it a little bit, but I want you to expand on this. Um, Texas is going to start uh, a young quarterback. Um, it, it, you know, it looks like they'll go with Murphy, whose career numbers are 4 of 8, 47 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. We may see Arch Manning in there, who's the number one overall recruit in the country uh, last year. His stats are—I have no stats. Right. So, so regardless of which one of those guys it is, they're they're wildly talented, but they're young and inexperienced. What What would you do if you were coaching this defense as an overall kind of scheme against these young quarterbacks?
3: Well. Got a lot of thoughts on this. So Texas tech comes in with one of the country's top five running backs and they tried giving it to him early and BYU took away the run. They did a really good job. I, they, their intention was to run Taj Brooks until tell you bump the tires off the guy that that's what Texas tech wanted to do. They, they didn't want to put any responsibility in that young kid's hands and that rightfully so. Cause he was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an intent to run Brooks. When BYU made it difficult and started taking it away and then got the lead and it forced them to put it in that freshman's hands, the game changed and BYU had him It is going to be a very similar situation against Texas. And,
1: and the guy's name is Brooks too. It's Jonathan yeah. Brooks this time, right? That averages... 6.4 yards a carry and has 825
3: yards. It's very similar, right? Very similar. And he is, he is a force to be reckoned with. Their intention will be to get him the ball 25 to 28 times. Their intention will be to hold the lead, maintain it, milk the clock, and keep it out of Malik Murphy's hands. What BYU's got to do is what they did against Texas Tech. They've got to go to a nice Amahe. They, they've got to get under Cravens. They, they, hopefully John Nelson is back. They, they were playing some David Latu. I thought David Latu did well too. Yeah, Happy to see him out there. And, you know, I think it'll be a similar outcome. If, if you jack up Jonathan Brooks and you force them into what we were just talking about, some third and sixes, third and sevens, third and eights, where now it's in Malik Murphy's hands, then – I think you've got a real shot, but I think Texas is more adept to running the ball than Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and I think that um, I think that Jonathan Brooks is is at home. He's going to be more comfortable, so it's going to take even more dog in the fight for BYU to get this stopped up and get it back in their favor. But mark my word, guys, if Texas comes out. And BYU is able to stop up Jonathan Brooks in the first three offensive series. Not stop him, but stop him up
2: Mm -hmm.
3: on a third and two, knowing that it's coming downhill. And you guys saw it with Taj Brooks. Mm -hmm. They knew it was coming downhill. They stuffed the gap, and they forced the three and out a couple times. If you do that to Jonathan Brooks, and if you get a seven-point, ten-point lead, and you're moving into the second half with it, man, you're in such a good spot, because I, I don't think Malik Murphy, especially against this defensive backfield that has become, they've become very elusive, and they have become unpredictable. Uh, watching Crew Wakeley float into that passing lane, and then I talked to Crew Wakely, uh, Greg Rubel and I had a conversation with Wakely after, and I asked Wakeley the, the format of that, and he said, well, we knew that this freshman was going to throw with his eyes, so I, I was in a, a cover two. I came underneath the top route. I read his eyes right into the route. I batted that ball up and that's that's how it came. Well, you're gonna do the same with Malik Murphy. I think he's gonna throw with his eyes because as, as Dave mentioned, you know, he's he's got very limited attempts. Right. Right? And when, and you know better than anybody, Blaine, when you got limited attempts, your eyes Tell a lot more than they probably should.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey, Hans. I've I've mentioned this before. I, the first game I got in, I was in a I was a sophomore, and uh, and Mike Holmgren's our our quarterbacks coach, great coach. I feel like I'm ready to go. Right. I'm ready to go. I'm hitting guys in practice. It's all great. First first pass play called. I drop back. I cannot see anything. I'm like I just, everything's just it's like colors blurring together down the field. So I just take off. And I just run over toward our bench. I get about three yards. I get out of bounds, and Mike Holmgren says to me, "Blaine, what did you see?" And I said, "I just did this. I went, and I don't know if you can see me. Hands, but I went. It looked like this. And I just waved my hands in front of my face. It looked like this. And and Mike, he pats me on the shoulder. And he goes, "Yep, you're sophomore. It's all fine. Eventually, that that will slow down. But but that's what it looked like to me. It looked like a bunch of hands and colors." And, and I'm like, man, I thought I was ready to play. I was not ready to play, right? And over time, with more and more reps in practice and getting in games, things slow down. By the, time, by the time I'm a junior and I'm going into a game when I've played in a bunch of games and we're playing Michigan for a national championship, I'm like, this is easier than practice. These dudes don't know what we're doing, right? <laughs> but, but I'm telling yeah. you, when you're a freshman, it looks like this. That's what it looks like out there. And that's what it looked like for Texas Tech's quarterback last yeah. week. And I don't care whether you're a four-star, a five-star, you're Steve Young or John Beck, when you're a freshman
0: and you have four attempts in your career and you get out there, things don't look so great out there. No. Hans, yeah. what's, like, what's it like from a defensive end perspective when you know you've got a young quarterback rattled?
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Dave. I, I think you – you keep it in your mind not to underestimate them, um, but you also unleash yourself quite a bit. You, you don't want to underestimate them because you, you don't want to be the cautionary tale, um, but you do feel like you can take more chances to try to create more chaos because you feel like the more chaos you can present, the more likely he's gonna make a mistake. Yeah. Um, there's another factor to this, guys, that I, I'll throw on, and it's probably too deep of a level, but in, and, and maybe I, I don't have the true read on this, but Malik Murphy has the greatest high school recruit in this country's history that's sitting on the edge of the bench.
4: Right behind him, you, yeah.
3: You guys, you guys heard the comments coming from Steve Sarkeesian that he had his best practice he's had. Uh, we had Cedric um I think what's his name Cedric Hills he's the he's one of the the insiders there with Texas on today and and he said uh, he's heard more noise about the level of Arch Manning's practices over the last few days than he's ever heard before Wow an indicator that it's that it's getting close so think about this now Blaine you're out there trying to throw those first few reps and you've got a Manning sitting right behind you. It's it's a lot of pressure, Dave. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And and, and it can can force one of two things. It forces him to galvanize, be strong, be intent, be careful with the ball and make great plays, or it forces him to make stupid mistakes. So I, I hope that it's the latter, and I hope that he's out quick, and I hope Arch Manning comes in, and I hope that he feels... The pressure and the freshman jitters and makes mistakes too. Yeah,
1: it, it, it really is interesting. Uh, Hands as I, I'm looking at this roster for Texas and I'm watching film this week and I'm like, whoa, man, one is something special. We were talking about this earlier. Wow, 41 on D. That man, this Ford kid is something amazing, right? And and I was looking and I was thinking, wait, last year, um, Bijan Robinson is the Doak Walker Award winner. They're starting running back, and now I'm watching Jonathan Brooks. and I'm like. This dude is a baller. This guy's an NFL running back. And then I realized that Texas in this offseason signed the number one running back recruit in the country, C.J. Baxter, and he's not even playing. Yeah. That's, that's how, so he's the number one recruit in the country at running back, and he's not playing, right? Um, the number one overall recruit in the country is Arch Manning. Hasn't taken a snap, Mm -hmm. that's how talented this Texas team is and the kind of recruits they get. So so expectations are really, really high. Now, having said all of that, we watched Houston last week, who doesn't have near the recruiting classes that Texas have. And as I watched that film, I'm like, whoa, Houston's roughing them up. Like Houston played really physical with them. They got into their offensive line. They roughed them up a bit. Um, You know, uh, uh, Quinn Ewers, the starting quarterback, who's phenomenal, gets hurt. And Houston's in the game. And I'm thinking – as talented as this team is, BYU's got a shot on the road, especially with the fact that they're playing a, a freshman quarterback, even if that freshman quarterback's name is Arch Manning.
3: BYU's got a shot. They, they 100%, they've got a shot. And I watched Donovan Smith, as you were talking about the Houston quarterback, I, I felt like he outplayed Quinn Ewers through the majority of that game. And he he threw for nearly 400 yards mm-hmm. and three touchdowns. Uh, Houston couldn't run the ball to save their life. I mean, they looked a little bit like BYU in that regard against TCU. They couldn't get the ball going, but they didn't need to. And they had receivers running free down the field. Texas has some real issues with their backfield, their defensive backfield. I'm a little bit worried that this is going to be a splash of cold water in their face.
1: Just Wake like him up a little.
3: TCU loss. Yeah, the TCU loss for BYU, I think it shook some nerves, embarrassed them, and woke them up. I think that's probably going to be what happens with Texas in their defensive backfield. But there's some real passing opportunity there. And Aiden Robbins is an ace in the hand. And Chase Roberts has been just a mainstay. And Cody Epps is a wild card. And we still haven't seen the best of Isaac Rex. Yeah. And the offensive line has improved. The the change they made two weeks ago has now solidified. I thought that Paul Miley had his best game as a Cougar, even though he's been the highest graded run blocker. I think he had his best game as a Cougar against Texas Tech.
1: So when you talk about those changes, hands so people know they took Paul Miley and moved him. He was playing some, some center time. They moved him over to right guard. Right? They've got Payback at center. Now they've got Lapuahu at left guard, and they're starting Kaim at right tackle instead of Eddying, And, of course, uh, Sua Matia is starting at left tackle. So that lineup together seems to be communicating better, picking up better, getting a little more push. Are you seeing the same thing?
3: Yeah, it wasn't that way against TCU. Right. It looked horrible. Yeah. I'll just be honest. And I think all of them could look themselves in the face and say it looked horrible. PCU had a lot of free activity, but I do think that three-three—I call it a three-three stack with the hybrid safety. Yeah, three-three-five. It's, Bron- it's
1: Broncos old D that Rocky Long basically brought to college football, right?
3: Yeah, see, I, I it, it, a lot of people call it the three-three-five, but I think it's a hybrid of that. Blaine, I, it, there were too many nuances of that defense that were outside of what of what really uh, Bronco did. They, they 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 specialized two hybrid safeties that. Are, are used differently that that are excellent and we're in the backfield for BYU and unaccounted for. And I think that it really screwed Slovis up. Um, I think that three, three stack, the three, three, five was just a, a nightmare for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever seen it. No, he said he had, he,
1: he mentioned after yeah. the game that it was a defense that he had never really gone against and it caused problems. Yeah.
3: yeah that's what it looked like. And so, um, um, I, I, TCU made that front look bad. Texas Tech, they looked phenomenal. Connor Pay looked more comfortable. He was setting into his combos. I, like I said, I've got high hopes for that front five against a traditional defensive front. I don't think there's a defensive front in the country in a traditional setting that doesn't use um, alternate, alternative um, uh, uh penetration that they can't handle. Um, so I, I feel really comfortable about these guys moving forward. Plus I don't know if Funk changed into some man concepts, but I did see some concepts that I liked a lot better.
1: Yeah. Inter- interesting hands. And, and I'm interested in your experience when, when you are at BYU, when you are in the NFL, everybody's great. Right. But, but when you're, when you're in college football, you're in BYU back in the day. I'm just thinking, like, when we played Georgia or we played Ohio State or we played Michigan, um, the thing that always struck me was, well, these dudes just line up and play. Like, they're not tricking us. They, they, they're they basic. They run basic things, and they're just better than everybody, right? And when I watch Texas film, I'm going, man, Texas Tech does a lot of things and formations and all that offensively, and they they do some things TCU defensively, a lot of things that are really make you think. Texas lines up and plays football on both sides of the ball. Very, very basic. Basic, they just yeah. say we're going to be better than you and we're going to beat you. There's a certain aspect to that that's good for BYU because BYU's physical enough to hang there, and it's not that confusing. Are you seeing the same
3: thing? A thousand percent. Give me, give me a traditional set because I really, I, I really believe this five can fight with anybody. I just felt like TCU. I don't want to go too far into that stupid three three freaking hybrid. I, I hate yeah, it. I yeah. hate to block against it. But the concept behind that with an offensive line, when you've got three that push against five, it creates gaps. I don't know if you can see my face. Yeah, we like see that. it. Yeah. yeah. You it creates gaps like that. Vertical and so horizontal it, gaps, right? Yeah. If your three hit the five, it goes here. And then the, the back three fit through those lateral gaps. And that's what TC was doing. They were hitting those three fronts into the five. They were getting this, and then the next three were rushing, and they were hitting into those lateral gaps. Yeah. And it's a, it's a freaking mess. I hate it. I hate blocking <laughs> on the it's combo. It's behind line. us.
0: Hands, it's behind us. Yes. We've
3: moved on. I, I know, but like watching Isaac Rex not be able to get off a combo because he's trying to push and watching the lateral pressures come in and get tackles for a loss. So give me a Texas Yes, and I think that Connor Pay and Waylon Abajo, I think that Ikaim and Kingsley, and I think these guys are going to be just fine. I I don't think they're outmatched man on man, and I and I don't think the same with J- Jackson Cravens and Nice on my hand. Yeah, side. they're fine. You know what, man? Just shake this fr- this thing up a little bit. Shake it up. Come in pissed off. Come in and own it like you owned it when Taysom Hill was there. You know, that 40-plus that to 3-whooping or 7-whooping that they put on them, they they still feel it. They know it in that stadium. Yeah. BYU owns a 4-to-1 advantage in this matchup. Yeah, Texas, they, yeah. they
1: they know BYU's whooped on them before. That That's always in the back of everybody's mind down there.
0: Hans, it's great to see you got your game face on on a yes, Tuesday. Yes, I love this. I Today, love this. Look, ta- okay, he's ready to, to go.
3: <laughs> I, I, I want to see them with that... I hope somebody spits batty yeah. in Batty's face in the in the opening warm-ups. <laughs> and I, I hope somebody spits in every one of their faces in the opening warm-ups and they play like they've only got one game left in their life to play. Because if they can knock off a highly ranked Texas Longhorn team, it puts them right back into the Big 12 conversation. Now Texas has two conference losses. BYU will have the tiebreaker on Texas with the head-to-head matchup. And and I know things get tough because you still got Oklahoma, but they got to come to LeVar stadium. Right. And Blaine and Dave, you guys know this, just being a part of BYU. We've never feared anybody at BYU. Nope. I didn't fear anybody. I mean, yeah, we had to play Alabama. Yeah. We played Florida state and Jacksonville stadium. We we did the thing, but we never thought, Oh man, it's Alabama. Oh, it's Florida. State. No, oh, it's Bobby no. no. And, and I
1: can tell you Kalani's approach this week, um, this team knows they've beaten Texas two in a row and handled them and and that they're 4-1. And, one. and uh, Kalani's very respectful, and he wants these guys to respect their opponent and respect the guys they're playing across from, but they don't fear this team at all.
3: Well, and, and you know, Steve Sarkisian has coached against BYU twice since, uh, since leaving there as a player, and he's 1-1. One on one. he he beat BYU with USC when Norm Chow was the Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. He was the quarterback's coach and he lost when he was the head coach of Washington. Yeah. Yeah. BYU got him. And, and so Steve Sarkeesian's even got a little bit taste in his mouth. Like these, he knows he was here. I played with him. (laughs) I, I I know how Steve thought when he was with BYU, he knew how BYU thought the world was stacked against you. you. You know, it's you and your teammates. They bring extra pressure because of the religious undertones and it's just going to be a dog fight. And, and you go out there and you pop them in the mouth and you're like, yeah, we may, we, we may not look like a traditional football player, but we're still, we're still angry.
0: You can and, hear and hands. That's what
3: they did against Texas Tech, and yeah. I, just, I want to see that. Yeah. Played angry, I love it.
0: You can hear hands, Greg, and the radio crew from Austin, Texas, Saturday morning, starting at eleven thirty Mountain Time on BYU Radio. Hands, you're ready to go. We're so grateful to have you for a few minutes tonight, and appreciate your insights. You're doing great on your broadcasts, and uh, we just wish you continued success. I'm
1: ready to go after after you being on the show. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> I'm ready to go play. <laughs>
3: Let's shoot up and go get, them, Let's go Let's get go him Let's go get him I love him. it. Thanks. Have fun hey, down there. We'll always hey, love having uh, you on with us, brother. Hey, love you both. You guys do a great job. And and thanks for all the confidence and, and thanks for, getting my back on all this it's been a real fun time getting in that booth so i appreciate you both.
0: you been you've
1: been amazing band. we love you hans thanks brother
0: hans olsen with us today played defensive end at byu played offensive line and defensive line in the nfl and uh the analyst on byu radio and you can hear him again on saturday one thirty mountain time byu in texas televisions on ABC Game Day on BYU TV starts at 11:30 a.m. Mountain Time live from our Provo studio and from Texas Memorial Stadium 2-hour pregame show and live postgame show here on BYU TV. It's our pleasure now to welcome uh, Texas power couple in from uh, from the Austin area. They are the co-chairs of the BYU Alumni Association, Dave and Debbie Talbot, spearheading the weekend events uh, in Austin around this game. Sorry. Look, Hans was all fired up and he was Man, running through like, all the stop signs. So we apologize no for problem. being a little late. Yeah, no, no, he's
1: I'm telling you. It's a good thing Hans isn't playing, or Texas will be in big trouble this weekend because he is
0: fired up for this game. So, How excited is everybody down there to have the Cougars coming?
5: I would say they're very excited. We're getting a lot of, a lot of emails, a lot of texts, a lot of people asking about the game. So. People are ready. Yeah.
1: yeah how, how many uh, Longhorn fans – I have a couple of friends that are Longhorn fans, and they certainly do. But how many do you think still remember what Taysom Hill did to them in the last couple of games?
5: uh they so we've lived here 16 years so we were definitely here during the taysom years and those were great days to go to work the next day so <laughs> they, they definitely remember
4: we, we have some long longhorn friends and so we don't forget to rub it in very
5: frequently
0: nor should you no nor should they you. you have a right to after what he did hey debbie what activities uh do you have going on around the game uh and let's start with a service project which we love talking about here on the wise guys
4: Sure, absolutely. You know, we're super excited for our service project. Um, We're partnering up with Brown Santa. um, The Travis County Sheriff wear Brown uniforms, and um, they do a yearly toy drive for kids. Um, Last year, we took our alumni, we took about 60 of us to wrap gifts for Brown Santa. And while we were there, they mentioned, hey, we're actually short gifts this year. We won't be able to fill all the requests for the families that have applied for assistance at Christmas this year. And so as we started thinking about what we might do for this tailgate, we got really excited about the idea of let's help Brown Santa and, and um, do a toy drive. So we're also, we're doing that and then we're also going to go down and wrap gifts again with them, with our alumni. So we're excited to be involved with them. They're a great organization.
1: That's fantastic. I mean, this has become a theme over the last couple of years, every place where BYU goes, the BYU alumni leave the place a little better than they found it which is which is phenomenal we love that what what about the tailgate itself what's what's the plan for the tailgate for this one on Saturday
5: well I can fill you in on the tailgate so um we sold over uh close to 900 tickets to our tailgate so we're expecting a big crowd and obviously you know if you didn't get a ticket you're still welcome to come and enjoy the activities but it, it'll be at LBJ High School and it'll start at 10 a.m. and we're going to go carry it till 1230 and then we'll wrap things up and, and make our way to the game. But uh, uh, we've got uh, Rudy's Barbecue. We're, uh, we're, since we're in Texas, we're definitely going to do barbecue. Mm, of course. We've got uh, new T-shirts that uh, that oh. they'll we'll, we'll be selling and those will be going to those that bought tickets as well. Um, and then we've got a lot of yard games, a lot of fun activities um, that'll be there as well. So all are welcome.
0: Hey, show that shirt again. And yeah. how can people order one for themselves, even if they can't get to the
4: game? <laughs> They'll be for sale at the tailgate. That's, yes. that's how you can get them. <laughs>
5: yeah. Now we put we, links. We bought 1,200 shirts, so uh, uh, we're hoping to unload them all. So.
0: Look, we want two of those. We, we put links uh, on our chat of our global live stream on uh, for the service project, and Debbie, let me just before we move on, folks who aren't going to be at the game and can't get to the tailgate but want to participate in the service project, uh, how can they do that?
4: Oh, we've got an, uh, a link from from Amazon wishlist for Brown Santa. So anyone that would like to participate, just you know, get on that Amazon site. Tons of tons of different toy ideas from cheap to expensive. So if you wanna just find a gift that's $6, they will be so excited and so grateful for anything that you can do. Um, If you do participate, we'd ask that you, in the gift um, receipt section, just put, you know, from BYU um, so that they can kind of count up how many come in from our our group.
1: That sounds good. Yep, sounds great. Dave and Debbie Talbot, BYU Alumni Chairs in Austin here with us Um, ahead of this big game on Saturday. This is a unique game. Um, and I'm wondering if it is getting as much buzz down there as it is up here. A couple of things. First, it's the one and only game between BYU and Texas as members of the Big 12 together. Because obviously Texas is heading to the SEC. But also the fact that the Longhorns head coach is a former BYU quarterback and Steve Sarkeesian. You know, the more BYU, the merrier, right? But it's getting a lot of buzz up in these parts. How how about down in Texas? Are they Are they talking about these themes this week? I know they're... They're just buzzing about the Rangers,
0: but yeah, you know,
5: yeah, no, certainly, no, certainly, there's there's uh, there's a lot of buzz, and, and as you mentioned before, uh, they they remember Taysom, and they they remember what happened. Um, I, I was in the office on Monday, but it, it's usually quiet on Mondays. I didn't go in today. I'm sure I'll be. I'm wearing my BYU stuff all week, so we'll be nice. talking it up. But yeah, there's definitely lots of buzz.
4: <laughs> I will say, I think some of the Longhorns may be kind of overlooking us a little bit. I don't hear a lot from. From the Longhorn people, mostly from the Cougars that are. really uh, yeah.
1: Very good. Uh, hey, that'd be great if the Longhorns um, overlooked BYU a little bit.
0: How many fans do you think you're going to get in that game? I mean, the last time we were there in 2014, it seemed like there was between five and 10,000 yeah, that and, found their and, way and,
1: in. And we should mention that the stadium seats, um, just over 100,000, 100,119, and I'm assuming they're going to be close to that in total attendance. But, yeah, Dave, Dave and I felt like there was probably 5,000 BYU fans in the stadium the last time we were there. What, what do you think?
5: Well, we, we certainly did our part to try and uh, fill the stadium. I know, I know BYU got about 2,500 tickets that they sold to you know, Cougar Club members and whoever was able to get those. And then myself and a few other friends... We we called into the UT ticket office and we bought as many tickets as we could and then uh, which was close to 500 that we that we got and then we sold them all within about a week so guaranteed there's at least 3,000 but I, I think it's safe to assume that you're going to have a lot more right I, I would expect over 5,000
1: yeah so. B- BYU fans are sneaky we found out like they'll, <laughs> they'll they'll go as far as buying season tickets to somebody's to get really good seats for an away game which. I
0: really appreciate and I respect. <laughs> All right, here's what we want out of the Talbots. Uh, Debbie, we want two keys to a yes. victory on Saturday, and then, Dave, we want two from you. And they right. can't be the same. They <laughs> can't be the same. our
4: turnovers. Those have been amazing. Turnovers. So much fun to watch our Cougars with the turnovers. Um, and then just big plays. We need those big plays, those long passes down the field. I think if we can keep it exciting and, and stay in it with our offense. I think that'll, that'll – I love great.
1: that. So, so Debbie's our – keep forcing turnovers and then some, some, we call them chunk plays, but get big plays over the top. Um, I, I like that formula. Okay. Good. That this is going to be hard to match up with Dave. So, so what are you? No, no, no.
5: I, I would say we, we definitely need a higher third down percentage than what we've been seeing recently. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be critical for our offense to stay on the field would be, would be, would be one of those. And then the other is we can't have turnovers. Um, so those would be my keys on our side.
1: So take care of the ball and and yeah. be more efficient on third down. So sustain yes. drives. You know what? I think you know what you're talking about. What in the world? This is this is fantastic.
0: Hey, on our live stream, Laura Klein says we love David and Debbie. Go Cougars from Virginia.
5: Yeah, that's my sister. So uh, she's nice. listening <laughs> so in from Virginia. Affair.
0: So we're going to do something now we've never done on the show. Uh, we're gonna right, we're, we're gonna ask you guys. Uh, we've done this five on the show, but
1: not with our alumni.
0: But, and, yes. not with two, and not, not with, with two, not with two, not with a okay. husband and wife. So this this gonna this is gonna be we're all gonna learn something about each other. We're gonna here see the how we're gonna minutes. see
1: how like in line you are with one another. So and and you know, right, some, We're ready. Sometimes opposites attract. So we're gonna see this. Okay, um, we we'll, and Debbie will answer first on this first question. Then we'll alternate so that we don't tip each other off. So, your favorite sports movie, Debbie?
4: McFarland. McFarland. McFarland that's, that's the.
1: The cross country one, yeah, I love that. Okay, how about how about you, Dave?
5: Uh, I'll go. You know, I'll go with uh, Hoosiers.
0: Classic Hoosiers.
1: Yeah, that's also Marie Osmond's favorite, by yeah, the way.
0: that's a good one.
5: So nobody said
1: McFarlane, so that's that's a unique one. Okay, now we're gonna start with with Dave on this one. Favorite singer or band.
5: Ah, uh, you know, my kids are going to love this. Uh, Tears for Fears. Hey, they're cla- I saw Welcome them at Park West.
1: Welcome to my world. Oh, I saw Fears. those
0: guys. Those guys are awesome. Tears for Fears.
1: All yeah, right. and that's a blast from Debbie? the past. Yeah, Debbie, what about yours?
4: You know, I'm not a big band person. I like to listen to movie soundtracks.
1: So is there is there a, is there a single artist that has a or a song that you love? You know, like,
4: like Celine would do... Uh... Nope
1: there's Mm -hmm. not i'd rather
4: listen to an audiobook or a podcast or soundtrack what she's
5: saying is she puts up with my 80s music she puts up
4: with your tears for fears and sticks and yes
5: and yes mr mr right oh Oh, yeah mr mr
0: classics
1: who's with mr mr yeah what's their best song uh asian
0: yeah oh yeah there we go it's on the radio like every 10 minutes okay
1: now we're going back to debbie
0: answers first
4: favorite breakfast cereal Mm, frosted mini wheats. Okay. Nice.
1: I'm glad you said frosted mini wheats because we only like sugar sealer here in this show.
5: Frosted we, mini our weeks? show
0: should be sponsored by Kellogg's.
1: Yeah, it should be.
4: What about you, Dave? <laughs>
5: Uh, you know, we're going to go with corn checks because that's what we got right now. So. Corn checks? Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's. Please, that please tell
1: the me on the corn checks belt. that you put like three tablespoons of sugar on that.
5: Uh, <laughs> nope, nope. Eat some plain. I, 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 well, I put bananas or strawberries. Oh, okay, because you got them.
1: you
0: got to jazz up the corn checks for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, because
5: that's just like right. eating
1: little bales of hay
0: with <laughs> with milk on them. <laughs> I'm so. going frosted mini wheats ten times out of ten oh, yeah. over I'm, corn one. Okay, Dave. Um, Your favorite Texas barbecue. Think this one through because this is an influencer.
5: Oh, uh, favorite Texas barbecue. Um, you know, I probably need to go with Black's.
1: Is, is Black's attached to a gas station? Because my experience in Texas has been if it's not part of a gas station, it's really not true barbecue. But.
5: Um, you know, I think the one I went to where we went to, it, it is not. But yes, there are many that are attached to gas stations. See. But this one, Black's is amazing. It's That's
1: really It's amazing. the only state I know of where you can get phenomenal barbecue at a gas station, right? In Texas, right? So Black's. What about you, Debbie?
4: You know, I'm going to go Rudy's. Their smoked turkey is amazing. But I have to say, we did a little overnight getaway once to a little town called Lockhart, and they're known for their barbecue. Mm-hmm. And for dinner, we hit like three different places, and then we got up the next morning and hit two more. Fun oh, trip. that
0: is
1: that is my kind of trip right there. I love it. <laughs>
0: All right, before we ask this last question, uh, we've got a question on the live stream. Um, uh, someone who just donated a few items uh, didn't oh, know. Awesome. Didn't know how to designate our gift to Brown. They weren't quite sure how to designate the gift to Brown as from BYU. So what did, what would they need to do?
4: So you make it all the way pretty much to the end. And then it says, would you like it to it? Is this a gift? And when you hit yes, um, it gives you a little place for a gift receipt where you can say, you know, it says enjoy your gift or something. And you just put from a BYU fan. Okay. Oh, All nice. Right. Great. Great. Cause we want, we, we want them
1: to realize where it's coming from. So, right. okay. This, this, last question is Debbie's turn first, your favorite BYU memory.
4: I'd have to say meeting my spouse there.
1: Yeah.
0: How'd that go down?
4: Uh, we met at a singles ward. We were both living off campus. I was living with an uncle. He was living with family and we just met at our singles ward.
0: And you knew right away, or, or did it take a lot of negotiating? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> we, were happy, we were doing a, a group activity, and there was this guy. And every time we were in this circle doing a game, and every time we'd get to this guy, he was reading the paper, and it's like, "Hey, you, it's your turn." So Come on, Dave. I, I learned to love him.
0: Wow, wow.
5: that
4: seems like a I'm, con- I'm sure I was
5: reading about <laughs> BYU football. Okay, so I'm I love it. Dance. I love it. So, <laughs> all
0: right,
1: Dave. Dave, what about you? What about your favorite memory?
5: uh you know favorite memory um you know i'll say so with my my sister lauren and, and so at the time at byu so I'm, i come from a family of nine and seven of the nine went to went to byu wow and at, at one time four of us were were at byu and we entered the bed race competition and we we borrowed from the church like one of the table dollies Uh, dollies or chair dollies, and we threw our mattress on there and we we won the race. I got a $40 gift card from the bookstore and I bought a sweatshirt. So, and that sweatshirt's a mm, twenty five years, and I still have it. Oh, I,
1: nice! It's my it's, favorite. That's awesome. That is great. So the bed, the so
5: great—that's that's one of my one of my. The fun
1: bet, and, and I see why meeting your spouse wasn't a big deal since she was trying to shun you for a while, <laughs>
5: exactly. and then you had to work through that. I mean,
1: the end result is memorable, but I, I imagine the beginning was pretty traumatic, with the way Debbie described <laughs> it. So, congratulations, Dave, for hanging in there, yeah, and exactly. for seeing Thank this you. thing through and winning Debbie over. It seems to be a common theme for all of us. <laughs> Um, where we've got to win them over and uh, and and it looks like you did it and and yeah. you know guys you guys are pretty much on the same page for these five
0: questions so I'm'm I'm yeah, I can see that this is a good relationship. A doubleheader <laughs> sports movie night would be McFarlane and Hoosiers. That's a That's win-win not too with bad some barbecue at all. in between there. Oh, yeah, you guys yeah. are doing it right. Yep. Hey, we sure appreciate you taking some time with us, and we hope you have a wonderful event this weekend, capped with a another BYU victory in Austin. It'll be a tough one, but they've all been tough. BYU's been an underdog in every one of them against Texas, and they're four and one against the Longhorns. So why not? Why not get the five yeah, one? Why not
1: send Texas? to the SEC with one more loss to BYU. Yeah. I think We'd love be great. that. We'll take it. So, All right, give our that. best
0: to, uh, to the Cougars down there, and, again, we will continue to push your uh, uh, links and get people to contribute, and let's have a, a great Brown Santa event around a great BYU victory. Thank you, yeah, guys.
4: Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks great, for having us Great to us have on. you with
0: us, guys. Awesome. All right, go Cougars. Those are the Talbots. In the Austin area, in charge of all the alumni activities ahead of the big game this week, BYU and Texas. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Big 12 and, and why this game matters so much. Last week in the conference, BYU beat Texas Tech. We know that. Number eight, Texas beat Houston by a touchdown. That was super close. Number six, Oklahoma beat UCF 31-29. to They had a chance to lose that game. Texas had a chance to at least... Go into overtime with Houston.
1: And Houston had the ball.
0: Yeah. at the Just end of the game, and, a short and, pass and got, and got stopped on fourth down. Right there, um, Baylor beat Cincinnati thirty-two to twenty-nine. Oklahoma State 48-34. You feel the theme of the high scores, right? And then Kansas State beat TCU forty-one to three. That was the, that was forty-one the, to that three. That was the
1: most surprising of all of those, right? And it's 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 interesting because um, it shows that anything can happen on any week in this league in the Big Twelve, like. Houston's not supposed to hang with Texas, and Central Florida is not in any way, shape, or form supposed to to hang with Oklahoma. Yet they did. Yeah. You know, play here or there, and those are big upsets. And uh, yeah, if, if BYU, I like you know Hans's, um evaluation, but but hey, also Dave and Debbie did a nice job yeah, with that. Yeah, they it. did. I thought they were spot For, on. Force turnovers, take care of the ball, convert some third downs, so you may so you can possess the ball a little bit, and you and know what, good the, things could happen. The
0: essence of the wise guys is what we just saw. We've got alumni in austin texas on the show uh, talking about serving other people and excited that the cougars are coming to their neighborhood yep and uh, yep. that's what this show is a connector of all things big 12 standings oklahoma's on top at four and and then there's a log jam you got iowa yeah. state oklahoma state texas all at three and one kansas byu west virginia baylor at two and two this is going to be a shake-up weekend yes it is yes it is and how would that be for BYU to be tied with Texas, as Hands
1: mentioned, um, in the standings? At, at,
0: there we're four quarters away. Yeah, that's that would be crazy. So this week in the Big Twelve, some interesting matchups.
1: Yeah, BYU's at number seven, Texas. That's the one that we're, and that's going to be on ABC. Um, number six, Oklahoma's at Kansas. Can Kansas bounce back after last week? That they just really laid an egg, and or after after they had a buy and then and then uh, then last week. Uh, are they going to get the starting quarterback back that played against BYU? I'd
0: like to see him back just to see what he can do against yeah, when someone else. Yeah, he's
1: playing, they're really good. So, so, so that's, an, that's an interesting one. West Virginia, who's kind of been a surprise on the positive side this year in the Big 12, yeah. been playing really well. At UCF, who played really well this last week. Um, Houston's at Kansas State. Kansas State seems to be rounding into the shape that everybody thought they would preseason, playing really, really well. Iowa State's at Baylor. Baylor's been the surprise-disappointment Of the season and the league and then finally cincinnati's at oklahoma state oklahoma state seemed to be really disappointing at the beginning of the year and i was like what's going on the last couple weeks they've looked really
0: really good so who knows on that one it's gonna be exciting weekend it's fun to be in a conference you know this is this has been cool every every week now i have the cougar board question of the week here if you're not familiar with cougar board it's the largest online community of byu fans with thousands of posts daily hey look there's Brigham, and then there's you and me right there. This question comes I like from—
1: how, I like how Brigham has an I like an iPhone I say, or yeah. some type of a handheld device. Yeah,
0: on the podcast, we're, we're looking at a cougar board picture of Brigham Young with a looking at checking his phone for scores— and then there's a shot okay, of you and me I talking about the mic. I love mics. that
1: the shot comes the week you were representing the Jets and Zach Wilson, and I was representing Fenway Park. A kid from New York representing Fenway Park. We're all
0: we're America's team. Yes, right. we are. All right, here comes the question of the week, the Cougar Board question of the week from one of their insider subscribers named Seth J250. Seth J250, mm-hmm. Blaine asks, Do BYU coaches have a hard time sticking it to the other team when up by two or more scores? It feels like they take the foot off the gas much of the time. Once we're up. What do you think?
1: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two. Uh, this is a two-pronged answer to this uh, for our Cougar Board question of the week. The first is Kalani's not a rub-your-nose-in-it guy. So if Kalani is driving down the field and it's the end of the game and the offense is moving the football, and they could probably move down and score, but the game's in hand and he can kneel it out, Kalani will kneel it out. He's considered one of the classiest coaches in football, and, and you never hear a coach anywhere in the country say a, a negative thing about Kalani Satake, and part of it is because of that. So so that's one aspect of it. No, he's not going to run up the score at the end of the game when the game's in hand and he can kneel it out. Now, I think our, our, our question is more about second half last week. BYU's got a two-score lead, and it seems like they went almost exclusively to the ground game. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, that's not... By Kalani's design. that Those are the choices of the play caller, Aaron Roderick. And, and I'm trying to think of what's going through Aaron Roderick's head. And I think here's what Aaron's thinking. Defense is playing extremely well, and they've been crazy disruptive. They're playing a freshman quarterback. If we don't turn the ball over from this point forward, we're going to win this football game. And so I think he got very conservative in his play calling with that in mind. I don't think that it was... Colliding walking down and getting on the headset and, and saying up to Aaron Roderick, hey, dude, let's take the air out of the ball. Don't do." I think, I think it was a conscious or subconscious mindset for Aaron Roderick where he said, don't turn the ball over, take care of the football, get Aiden Robbins in there, give him some reps, and you don't lose this football game. And it really is all about winning football games. So I don't think that was a conscience or conscious philosophical choice in the second half i think it was an effort to win a football game and i think that's what aaron thought was the best way to do it
0: all right there so, you go that's the cougar board the question of the week uh, let's get uh, some more notes on texas by the way the forecast for saturday's scattered thunderstorms 50 percent chance of rain high of 82 82 feels good in austin you know what though might could be a little wet my we'll shoulder
1: see. is a good predictor
0: of Texas weather, yeah,
1: and what it's saying is, what
0: is it saying? It's like
1: where I separated. It's saying, the rain's going to come in the morning. By the time the Cougs and and Longhorns play, and maybe at two thirty, part, Texas partly time? cloudy. I don't think there's going to be rain in the game. I think that rain's going to come in the morning, and then in the afternoon, it, it you know, it'll be a little
0: cooler than normal down there, and it might. It's going to be a great environment for college The football. Weather Channel is going to lose business because Blaine's shoulder oh, has. Oh, my spoken. shoulder. Like, it can tell. DJ, will you show the, what the unis are going to look like? Here's what BYU is going to wear. Uh, we'll expl- describe it to you for those on the podcast. It's a navy hat, white top, navy pants with a white stripe, and white face mask. This is the first time for this configuration, and this is how the Cougars are going to go out there. It's going to look pretty good against the burnt orange uh, that Texas will be wearing. And so that's uh, that's the look. Let's talk about the history of Texas. We've kind of broken down the Longhorns a little bit with uh, with hands, um, and you can listen to that again on the podcast. But BYU's four and one lifetime against Texas. Not many programs anywhere that are four and are one four and against, against Texas. Texas. Like that
1: that percentage win percentage against Texas, unheard of.
0: Two and one in Austin. They won in '87. I was a missionary there at the game mm-hmm. in 87. Uh, UT won in Austin 17, 16, and 11. BYU should have won that game. Right. And So even the game UT won, they barely won. BYU blew them out in 2014. They also blew them out twice in Provo. They haven't even been close except for one game in 2011.
1: Yeah, and, and Taysom Hill against Texas. <laughs> you know, Dave, Dave and Debbie talked about this down there. The people remember Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah. 2013. We'll call Um, this
0: the Taysom's Texas
1: two step. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he was he was dominating. I have a a really good good friend that is an all American former All American baseball player for the University of Texas. Excuse me. And he he remembers Taysom very well. And he goes, The only thing that consoles me a little bit is I was like, How's this guy so freakish against us? He's crazy. He's like a freak out there. And he goes, Now I watch him on Sunday in the NFL. And he's a freak in the NFL, so that makes me feel a little bit better. Nobody can tackle him in the Time NFL. has It pain. makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that we couldn't tackle him. So 2013, um, 17 rushes for BYU's quarterback, 259 yards rushing,
2: mm.
1: three touchdowns, and a 40-21 win. And wasn't that the game where the giant storm came in? And, oh yeah! And you and I had to like we had like just a two-hour dance for two hours on television. Yeah, that was fascinating. That was,
0: that was crazy. That was a wicked storm. Yeah. So 2014, what 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 happened in 2014? That was going to be the payback year, right. right? It's like okay, wait till we get you in our you place. You and I were there. Everybody's telling us, yeah. Well, wait. And they remember, they fired their defense coordinator after Taysom's game, right in Provo and after this one they got rid of the head coach at the end of the season but um so we go into austin you and i are there it's 100 degrees it's super hot big crowd um i have no idea why i was in long pants but i was was, just because we're trying to class it up as
1: people know i don't wear long pants on this show ever
0: (laughs) so even in the winter Taysom gets going everyone's waiting for him to do something he he goes around the corner
1: or shoes i don't wear shoes or socks
0: he runs for about uh 65 yards for a touchdown and they call it back on a phantom hole. Yes. But, but as he's running for the touchdown, you could just feel the atmosphere in the stadium for like, oh, oh no. no, he's going to do it again. Yeah. And so at halftime, it's 6 nothing on two field goals. But in the second half, in the third quarter, BYU scores 28 points. Taysom finishes with 99 yards rushing, uh, three touchdowns in a 41-7 win. Another and, he, of course, block. he had that flying leap. Which we looked at about twenty times today on Afr the flying leap, which which, you know, solidified his place inside Memorial Stadium. And uh, in those two games, he combines for forty one carries for three hundred fifty eight yards, six rushing touchdowns, and BYU wins eighty one to twenty eight. That's BYU against mighty Texas. Texas was favored in every one of those games, and they were nationally ranked in most of them. Didn't matter. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It didn't matter. Now, Taysom's not coming out of that locker room. No, he's not. Uh, and he's not running out the flag uh, because the he's Saints are He's got work, to, he's got work to do this weekend. <laughs> but those same uniforms will be out there. And if somebody, David Nixon talked about it today on uh, AFR, if somebody pops out there and has a big game or makes a big play early, those Texas fans are going to remember, we can't stop these guys. Why can't we stop BYU? and uh, and then we'll be off to the races. Yeah, Dave was saying maybe this is Aiden Robbins' breakout game and Aiden
1: rushes, you know, has 175 Just yards or something like that and steals the show, which would be great. So um, we talked about some keys to the game in our production meetings today to get ready for our broadcast on Saturday. And, you know, we all agreed that turnovers were were a huge deal uh, in this game. Debbie mentioned that and her keys yeah, to the game. She's spot on. B- BYU's number three in the country. And turnover margin. They're number four in turnovers gained. They're number five
0: in passes intercepted. That's what they're doing with, on a, defense 11. to offset. They're trying to figure the, out The offense. word that Kalani
1: and Jay like to use is disruptive. This is a very disruptive defense. That's the reason why BYU can be somewhat underperforming offensively this year. And winning games when they're getting outgained in total yardage. They're winning games. They've won three games when they've been outgained in total yardage. It's because this defense has been so disruptive. They take the ball away. They give their offense short fields. They take away scoring
0: opportunities for the other team's offense. Those are huge numbers. Turnovers is big. A couple of head scratchers and hands was talking about. it. Third downs, BYU's 124th out of 131 teams in the NCAA on converting third downs. But in the red zone, they're number 23. 23, the 23rd best team. In the country, finishing the last twenty yards and getting in the end zone.
1: Yeah, they they get down there. They've been in the red zone twenty three times. They've scored twenty one times. Sixteen of those have been touchdowns. So not only is their scoring rate at almost ninety two percent, right up there in the top twenty, you know, top twenty five, but their touchdown percentage when they get in there is also right yeah. up there. So they're phenomenal when they get down there, and they get really creative and they do a great job. Um, Here's the key, though. This, yeah, this this, this, this you, could you, be. You it. and I talked about this last week. Um, and, then, and BYU went down and scored a touchdown on their first drive. When BYU scores first, they've won 30 straight games when they score a touchdown on that first drive. On their first drive. So if they go down and score first and it's a touchdown,
0: BYU is 30 straight wins. So as we're watching the game on Saturday, and whenever BYU gets the buff, they get the kickoff or if they get it after a punt, they drive down and score a touchdown. They've won and straight. Why not? Why not 31? Yeah. So that's the key that's to watch. Pre- we predictive. can all follow that one. Uh, BYU Sports Addict wants our prediction for the game. But before you give yours, Cougar Stats, at Cougar Stats uh, tweeted out um, something I thought was interesting. BYU has a combined winning record, 12 and 11, against the following mm-hmm. group of 10 teams. Just for fun, to put 10 teams together. Yeah. Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, tennessee usc and texas now there are some of those teams they haven't defeated and there's some of those teams they beat multiple times but in that group of 10 the blue bloods of college football byu is 12 and 11 yeah
1: they're, they're right up there you know what Kudos to, to Steve Sarkeesian who remembers his home. But remember in the and you were down there for the preseason media meetings and yeah. somebody asked Steve Sarkeesian the question about how's BYU gonna adjust into playing in, in the big time and you know, at a national level and a P five conference. And Steve goes, uh, BYU's been a national power for several decades now. And I love that the Texas head coach I spoke right up. And, of course, it's his alma mater, alma mater. He's a little bit biased. But of the new teams that have come into this conference, if you look at those standings, BYU's had the best start. Uh, the The other three teams are all at the very bottom of the standings, and yeah. BYU's right in the middle
0: at this point. I love that he loves his BYU experience. Yeah, yep. And you know what? Steve's had it had it rough in some choices he's made along the lines, uh, yep. at, like so many of us. Uh, didn't work out, weren't great choices, but he's fought through it. He's now in the spot where it's a BYU football player, the head coach of Texas, which might be the number one job in America as far as college football goes. The Texas Longhorns and a BYU quarterback is their head coach, and he doesn't hesitate to talk about his love for his time at BYU and his teammates that he hangs with. And You know what? I, I like hearing that. Yeah. I, I don't know why, I just do. Uh, he was invested here, and he he still is, even though his job has been to win other places. Yes. All right. What's your score, by the way? So I think that this game. Here you go, BYU Sports. Addict. I think
1: that this game is going to go is going to be similar to Texas's game against Houston um, this last week. If BYU is going to win this, I think they need to get it into the 30s. So I'm going to say they're going to get to 31. That's where Texas got last week. Okay. And I, and I think Texas is going to get to 27. 27. And and here's the thing: Texas is going to have the ball at the end of the game with a chance to go down and get a, a go ahead, but they're not going to be able to settle for a field goal. They're going to have to get a touchdown. You're going to throw a pick? No, BYU's going to f- have a fourth down stop on the last drive, and then they're going to kneel it out. Well, I got to watch that game. That,
0: that's a game they're I got to watch. Kneel it out. I'm going to go thirty-four thirty BYU. So right around the same. Yeah, so we're thinking right similar number area. of points, right? And you know what? You can say you got blue goggles on. Well, first of all, this show's called The Wise Guys, right? And um, we've talked about. The, they could go out and get beat 55 to nothing. Texas has that kind of talent. But BYU has got a knack for they're resilient and, and they force turnovers. And if these things happen, this is the score they
1: can We happen. were talking about this today. Think about Kalani against top 10 teams in top 10 games, right? His last three top 10 teams that he's faced are Baylor twice and Wisconsin. You know what his record is in those three games? As huge underdog in every one of those games, he's 2-1. He's 2-1 in those games. He has a knack for getting those guys ready to play in a game. And I remember that environment, you and I were there at Wisconsin. That was not an easy environment to play in. No, no. And, and B- they won that game.
0: And BYU's rolling out a quarterback who's played in, I think, uh, 39 P5 games now. Um, he's thrown for over 11,000 yards. It isn't his first rodeo. He's facing right. a guy who's doing his first rodeo. Right. And, and and I like now, that. I, I might
1: I may not be feeling quite as good about it
0: if Quinn Ewers was starting a quarterback. But right? he's not. But he's but not. But he's
1: not. And that to me is a great leveler. The most important position in any team sport in in the world is quarterback in football.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. I know I played it, so I'm a little biased. But it is it's the difference maker more than any other position. Uh, You can get by without a great shooting guard on an NBA team, right? Because if everybody else is good. If you don't
0: have a good quarterback that's productive, I'm sorry. It's hard to win. Speaking of quarterbacks, next week – Brandon Doman's going to join us. Yes. On Halloween, uh, we'll recap what we saw with Texas and look ahead to West Virginia. Uh, and then in the coming weeks, Austin Collie, Wally Joyner was going to be with us tonight. He's not feeling well, so we moved him to November 14th. Right. He'll be here in studio. We're going to talk some stories there. Mark Ogletree, BYU professor, father of former middle linebacker Brandon Ogletree. He's got a great family's podcast out and we'll talk about traditions heading into Thanksgiving. And your daughter Libby? Yep, Libby. Is ten- going to be here. Yeah, Libby Lloyd is in town. she's going from to sing
1: with us. Back from Broadway. And
0: um, you're going to have our first live music. No, no, because... No, because we had um, uh, we had our friends from yeah, Davis County that's that sang right. from their home. They weren't in right. studio. This will
1: be the first time in studio we've had... Oh, no, 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 wait a minute.
0: Uh, let's see. Caleb okay. Chapman that's played the right. sax. Play, played the sax. But he didn't sing. Right,
1: so this, this will and, be the first... And, um, so Libby and I are going to figure out a duet to do. We're going to bring the guitar in. I'm going to play the guitar and... And, and for those of you that, that have asked a lot, you know that Libby's been a, um, a Broadway actress and star, just finished it almost a uh, well an 18-month run as NeNe in Moulin Rouge. Um, and so they're off for Thanksgiving. So she's going to come home. And I said, do you want to come in the studio and do a song with me? And... And and talk about how you went from BYU to being on Broadway, and she said, "Sure, That's that, gonna be that, great. That'll That's be it's gonna fun. be a great
0: Thanksgiving episode." Yeah. By the way, we had um, Elaine Bradley and Brandon Campbell of Neon Trees in here. And yeah. they didn't sing either. They didn't play or sing. They didn't play or sing. So, so this will be a although first.
1: Although I saw Elaine today, and like we sang back and forth at each other a little bit, but that was it. So
0: <laughs> the Neon Trees are on tour now. Look for them coming to one of your yeah. cities. Um, let's talk about Cougars in the NFL, and then we've got a few campus notes. First of all, soccer and volleyball and cross country, they are killing it. And we're going to go over that in just a moment. But it was quite a weekend in the NFL for a handful of BYU Cougars. Is, is anybody having a bigger, well, I don't want to say a bigger because Fred Warner just is
1: big every week, but a more surprising big year than Puka Nakua? No. I'm not talking about just BYU. I'm talking about then Puka Nakua, period.
0: In the NFL. He's number one in the NFL and with 58 receptions. He's number two with 752 yards out of all those guys making a fortune. He's
1: on a Pro Bowl run yeah. as a rookie. He, he He's on a run to win the rookie of the year and to go to the Pro Bowl as a rookie who's a fifth-round draft pick. Um, this last week against the Steelers, Eight receptions for 154 yards. He just mm. keeps doing it. And it's not like the defenses don't know who he is and aren't trying to defend him at no, this point. No, I
0: needed him to get in the end zone for my fantasy team. Yeah, but you're lucky that you have him on your fantasy I don't team. I yards. Taysom Hill was five for 18, rushed for a touchdown. He was four receptions for 50 yards. Lost to the Jaguars 31 24 because the Saints don't know how to coach football. Yeah, it's bad. It's the biggest. They get down to the six-yard line, and for four plays, Taysom's on the bench. Why would you put him on the bench on the goal he line? He got you down the field. It's the worst coaching I've ever seen yeah. as far as how to take your best weapon to get you six yards when you need to score to force overtime. And you have him sitting over there, and you have Derek Carr, who I'm not sure even knows what to do. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, that's um, that's my two cents on the Saints. Yeah, and, and Dave,
1: um, and by the way, that's a great suggestion to have Norm Chow. I I That'd can be tra- fun. I, I'll try to track. Norm down, and we'll
0: work on Taysom in the Yeah, and we'll season. work
1: on Taysom. But I think Norm would be really fun. Um, we'll we'll try to get Norm.
0: Kyle Great. Van Noy had two sacks for the Ravens against the Lions. Remember, the Lions are the team that drafted him, misused him, and then he went to the Patriots and won Super Bowls. I, now he's back playing the Lions, and he sacks the quarterback I, I love twice. Yeah, and if, if you haven't heard Kyle's story, Kyle was a guest and he told us the story about how. Where could
1: I hear that story? I wonder. Well, you know, you could just go to com, <laughs> and go down and find the Kyle Van Noy interview, and Kyle will tell you about his miserable experience with the Lions and his phenomenal experience with Bill Belichick and the Patriots yeah. and how he became a star. Really fun story. Good stuff. Hey, games to, to watch this week. A uh, Sunday, the Patriots are at the Dolphins. Chris Book- Brooks was placed on IR. So, yeah, so he's, so for he's a while. out. Um, and then the Jets and Zach Wilson are at the Giants. And they Zach, had a bye. Jack, now Zach's playing well. And that team has a chance to be a little healthier right now.
0: Zach is. Winning some people hey, over yeah. in New York. And I'll tell you what. Beat the Giants in New York. You can win some <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. more. Don't you, lose that game. You won't buy dinner. The Giants are you, terrible. You to buy
1: dinner, but, yeah, you got to win that one.
0: Tyler Algier and the Falcons are at the Titans. Puka Nakua and the Rams are at the Cowboys. That's going to be interesting because Dallas has got a pretty good defense. Yeah. But no one can stop Puka. They just no, can't. That's
1: right. I, and they, even if they try. So uh, the Vikings with Jaron Hall and Kyrus Tonga are at the Packers this week. And then the Saints –
0: this with, is why, by the way, Taysom will not be running out the alumni flag. Yeah, because in they play they play
1: at the Colts. Um so you got Taysom, Daniel Sorensen, and Jamal Williams that that are all on the
0: Saints roster and they're at the Colts. Blake Freeland is with the Colts, of course. It's like a cougar club. Yeah, it is. Meeting right there. only Taki Taki and the Browns are at the Seahawks. Van Noy and the Ravens are at the Cardinals, so Kyle's out west. Yep. Chiefs and Andy Reid, our guy Andy um
1: at the Broncos. You know what I'm going to work really hard to do this off season. I'm going, to see, if, Andy. I'm going to see if Andy will come on the show with yeah. us. I bet Andy would come on the show with us. I'll, I'll we'll work a bandana. I'm shirts. going to leave him alone until he wins the Super Bowl. And then um, we'll get him. Other out. than sometimes we talk about other stuff on text, but I'll bug him once the season's over and see if I can get Andy to come on the show with us because he it'd be so fun to have Andy on. And I'm, I'm
0: pretty sure he would do it if 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 we begged. and I'll if beg we can him. nail him. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> great. Uh, Fred Warner and the Niners host the Bengals. That'll be an actual. Is, is there magic. any doubt
1: who the best linebacker in, in National Football no, League is? he made a
0: Kyle Murrell play last night. He is was ridiculous. Phenomenal. And he
1: just keeps getting better. And then the Bears and the Chargers, Michael Davis. I watched Michael this, this past week. He had a solid game. Continues to demand that starting corner spot for the Chargers. The Bears are playing
0: at the Chargers. Campus notes on the wise guys. Women's soccer, regular season's over. They went 14-1-3. 7-0-3 in the Big 12. They're only game they've lost this year was to utah state which is mind-boggling it is still across mind-boggling, the board right? but no one beat them in the big 12 they're number four in top drawer top 25 hanging at number seven in the coaches poll and the latest division one soccer committee ranking from the NCA had them at number six that's big yeah and and here's the thing
1: there this is a team that's capable if they get hot in the in the tournaments of winning a, win a national championship mm-hmm. don't don't Write them off of that. They're, they're right where they need to be. And this, this team passes the ball as well as anyone in the country. Um, they defeated uh, Central Florida on Monday in league play 3-2. Um, and how about Jamie Shepard played in her 100th game?
0: That's a program record. 100 games. 100 games on a lights-out program. Jen Rockwood, who's been on our show a number of times and will continue to be on our show, uh, now with 449 career wins in 29 seasons.
1: All I can say about that is,
0: wowzer. that is yeah. Amazing. Congrats to Jen.
1: Uh, Final standings Texas Tech first, BYU second. Um, It all goes back to that tie. They tied at Southfield. Mm. Um, So in the Big 12 tournament, BYU gets a first round bye because they're they're second. Uh, That's on Monday. Um, Or wait, wait, the first round bye. The Cougars, they'll play the winner of the Saturday match between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State on Monday.
0: They beat them both, shut them both out during the season.
1: And and all this is down in Round Rock, Texas,
0: where I got a speeding ticket one time in Round Rock. Yeah, don't go. Those guys don't don't
1: speed in Round Rock. Texas
0: troopers don't mess around. No, they're not messing around in Round Rock. Ashley Hatch, former Cougar star, back on the U.S. Women's National Team roster. She'll bring the squad to Utah Thursday, two days from today, Mm -hmm. when the uh, U.S. takes on Columbia at America First Stadium in Sandy. Now, remember, she was left off the U.S. World Cup roster. Nasty. Big mistake because the U.S. couldn't score. And if they're smart, they'll put her on the Olympic team for next summer uh, when the U.S. goes out there and tries to redeem themselves. But she's playing here in Utah mm-hmm. with Team USA on Thursday night. How about women's volleyball? 18-3 and three overall,
1: 7-2. Um, they're now the, another top 10 program, ranked number 8 in the most recent poll. Um, they swept Iowa State 3-0 on Thursday and Friday. So a double sweep. Is that what we call that, a double sweep or Let's a back-to-back it. sweep? Sure. Um, they're 10-0 at the Smithfield House. They just don't lose at home, mm-hmm. uh, nor does the men's team when they get going here no. in the wintertime. Um, this week, BYU's at Kansas State Thursday and Friday. That's how they're doing it in volleyball now. They play... These back-to-back um, double headers on back-to-back nights. That that game is at 5:30 Mountain, and that's going to be on ESPN Plus.
0: Weston on our live stream. has an interesting point. He said there are many Big 12 fans that are praying for BYU to upset Texas. <laughs> there might be more fans cheering for BYU this Saturday than expected. Well said, Weston. Well said. And you know that's true. Every in fact every. Big 12 market will be cheering for BYU. Yeah, they're
1: cheering for BYU.
0: Cross country, the men at number three and the women at number four, both are at the Big 12 championships on Saturday. In Ames, Iowa. By the way, Oklahoma State, on the men's side, they're number two. Yeah, this is a big, big-time meet. And then NAU's number one. But Oak State, number two. BYU, number three. Battling for the Big 12 championship right. on the men's side. And the women, uh, number four in the country. And they both roll into Iowa. We'll keep you posted on that during the pregame show on Saturday. So, so here's
1: the interesting thing. Um, big 12 championships. Oklahoma. Let's say Oklahoma State wins and BYU finishes second. That doesn't mean that BYU wouldn't go out and at nationals win the national championship right. or vice versa, right? That's how good those two teams are. And, you know, one run runner here or there has a, a great performance. Um, but but you've got two of the top three programs in the country right in this conference that will be battling in that championship on the men's side. The women, expected to win. It's a big Saturday. Yeah. Big so, Saturday. Men's hoops. We're supposed to have the blue and white game tomorrow night. We want to make sure everybody understands that that's been canceled Just too many players nicked up. So the first time you'll have a chance to see the men's basketball team will be in the exhibition opener against Life Pacific the
0: following week on November 1st. You and I have that game on BYU TV Live. Season opener then is on November 6th. At Houston against Houston Christian at the Marriott Center. That will be the transition game over to ESPN Plus, and then we'll be and, there. And we the have rest that of one.
1: We'll be doing ESPN Plus games
0: the yeah. rest of the year. How about Jimmer? Yeah, Jimmer Mania is back. Right? They won the Pan Am Games over the weekend in Santiago, Chile. Former BYU star leading the way in the three on three basketball tournament there. Jimmer's inching ever so closer to making the Olympic team next summer in Paris. Remember, he told us he'd come back on as soon as he makes that team, uh, and we'll be back on Wise Guys. But I'll tell you three-on-three three is his thing there's so much space for him to get a shot off and the guys can't stop him yeah you know,
1: uh spencer was telling me spencer linton was telling me today that that uh i didn't realize that fran for former new mexico coach that we know yeah. well from our days doing the old mountain west stuff he's over team usa three-on-three three. really and fran he's L- like the director yeah he oh. loves jimmy fredette by the way oh yeah loves jimmy fredette how can you not yeah
0: so it's kind of fun it's to have, have somebody
1: we know kind of running that program. And then Jim are probably being – he'd probably be the captain is, of that. Is the team. world
0: ready for Jim yeah. mania? Yeah, again. So
1: how about women's hoops? Exhibition opener November 1st against Westminster.
0: That's at 3 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV. Season opener at Montana State November 7th. Guys, that's next week, these, these yeah. games we're talking about. We're almost done with October. I can't believe how fast – it's, this is it's crazy. And
1: you and I are in what we call our crossover season, where our, where our wives, like, yeah, they, they both just. It's when the two lights just yeah, become one. Yeah, when they just both go, uh, okay, see ya in January when you just do basketball and things slow down. November and December for Dave and I, um gets a, gets a little bit crazy. If we didn't eat so much junk food, they'd be less worried about Yeah, us. I know, because that's what happens. So the home opener, by the way, for <laughs> women's basketball uh, is Weaver State. That's November 10th, and that'll be on
0: ESPN+. Let's head down the stretch on this day october 24th one of the great rivalries occurred on this day because in 1861 west virginia uh secedes from virginia Right, they became West Virginia. Battling each other yeah, ever yeah. since.
1: Um, 1901, Anna Taylor becomes the first woman to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. <laughs> Who does that? Is that something that,
0: is that a claim to fame? Or People would do it back in the day. Like, get
1: in a barrel, all padded up, put a helmet on, and go over the falls. Anna, I don't know why
0: anybody <laughs> ever thought of that in the first place, but that's what she did. Anna, you're number one. Uh, 1926 on this day, Harry Houdini has his last stage performance uh, over there in Detroit, Michigan.
1: And then we've used that, like, oh, he pulled a Houdini. Like when Ty Detmer oh, yeah. against Miami stepped up in the pocket and the two defenders ran into each the other and skate. were like,
0: Well, that was that was like a Houdini move right there, right? We've been saying Houdini <gasps> our whole life.
1: Yep, nineteen thirty one. Um, the gangster Al Capone uh, is sentenced
0: to eleven years for tax evasion. That's it, how they
1: got him on tax isn't evasion. It not interesting. for killing anybody. Uh,
0: a lot of these a lot of these guys uh, that get away with doing all kinds of stuff, they get busted for not paying their taxes.
1: Did, did he kill somebody well, or not?
0: Well, I think he I'm, I'm pretty I think he was involved he in all kinds of trouble. But you'd think it would have one guy. One Tax- guy's job was, I'll just pay, let's pay, pay your taxes. Then pays taxes, right? Anyway. So
1: how about 1971? Texas Stadium opens. The Cowboys beat the Patriots 44-21. to 21.
0: Now, I don't even know what they do at Texas Stadium. I, I went to a high school football game there a couple You're years ago. You're still using that? Yeah. yeah. So now the Cowboys have Cowboys Stadium. Then right. they went out and built a mini Cowboy Stadium at their training facility. But yeah. Texas Stadium... Uh, today, 1971. The old hole, the
1: hole in the roof was trademark,
0: right? That's back when football was so special because one, Roger Staubach was playing right close to that time. But um, not all the games were on TV. Right. And what you got, you had to enjoy. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, if it was CBS, it was like the Cowboys and the Cardinals. And, and, um, and then they'd do highlights on Monday night. You'd have to watch Howard yes. Cosell because you hadn't seen any highlights. Like yeah. what happened to that Tampa Bay game? and you knew you were going to see a snippet, and that was magical. Now, a preponderance now of phone.
1: evidence that the Cowboys are the best team <laughs> yeah. in the league.
0: Now when something happens on our phone in, in yeah. two minutes.
1: No, I know. How about 1989? The A's Giants World Series resumes after that one-week delay following the earthquake. Because remember last week, we're we talking were talking the about
0: the earthquake was tonight, right? all those years ago, and then tonight. Then they got it back going after a week's going.
1: delay. Craziness.
0: Birthday's on October twenty fourth, actor Kevin Klein. I in nineteen forty seven. And hit my favorite Kevin Klein movie is Days. Oh yeah. That's great. I just thought that was a classic. Yeah.
1: Nineteen eighty-six, the great performing artist Drake. I
0: thought you'd appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you put that in there.
0: They Thank put me. Drake in there. Couple of Somebody
1: said that Drake was their favorite artist.
0: Somebody. Yeah. I no. can't remember, but but Drake is good. The Drake. So uh October twenty fourth, deaths. Nineteen seventy-two, Jackie Robinson died on this day. First African American Major League Baseball player. Yep, it broke all the barriers. How about another
1: barrier breaker? Two thousand five, Rosa Parks, uh, the great activist, uh, he refused to give up her seat on a bus to a white passenger, and the civil rights movement was in full swing. and uh, And Rosa Parks uh, passed away in two thousand five on this day. Two
0: thousand seventeen, Fats Domino. Passed away. Sing, I found my home on Blueberry Hill. Okay. Yeah, that's Domino. Our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week comes from Jackie Robinson.
1: Yes. His, you know what? Jackie Robinson's whole life was inspirational. Love mm. the quote. Life is not a spectator sport. If you're going to spend your whole life in the grandstand just watching what goes on, in my opinion, you're wasting your life. That well
0: said. So roll up your sleeves and get out there and do it. Get going. Yep. I love it. Caleb Chapman, founder of Caleb Chapman Soundhouse, plays Rise and Shout on his saxophone. He did it live in studio last year sometime. And whenever BYU wins, we wrap up the show with Rise and Shout on the saxophone because, number one, it's impossible to play on the saxophone unless you're Caleb Chapman. Like
1: his little runs I love. And and secondly, because this is a tradition on the show. When Cougs win, Caleb plays.
0: DJ? <laughs> Da There at the end, I love that Caleb Chapman. Special thanks to Hans Olson. You can listen to him on the radio call of BYU Texas Saturday afternoon on BYU Radio. Dave and Debbie Talbot—they'll be busy making sure everyone gets the tailgate, gets involved in the service project, and managing all that as the alumni chairs in the Austin area. They were fantastic.
1: Awesome. Hey, don't forget to join Dave and I on game day this Saturday morning, eleven thirty Mountain on BYU TV and ESPN Plus. We've got two hours of coverage coming for you from Texas Memorial Stadium with Spencer there on the ground in our Provo Studios leading up to BYU and Texas on ABC with a live post-game show back with us on BYU TV as soon as it's over. It's in studio this week. You and I, along with Dave Nixon, Brian Logan, and Austin Colley, and we've got Spencer on the field in Texas Stadium, Daryl Royal. It's a fun uh, crew, Memorial Texas it's a fun Stadium. Crew. Yeah, it'll we be a it'll be time. great. We got a great show in store for you. We had a production meeting uh, earlier today. We got a great show lined up for you on Saturday.
0: And remember, earlier in the show, we debuted the physical. We have physical evidence of the new it and exists. only BYU football ABC book in the uh, in the free world. Every letter, there's a legend behind every letter. And a great story. And um, on the link there in the chat, we've got where you can pre-order. Uh, it's fourteen ninety nine. Um, hopefully, that's that's uh, cheap enough for everyone to have one. And uh, you know, train up a child in the way yep. they should go. When they're older, they they'll uh, they they'll, they'll they'll come back to it, or they won't stray from it. And everyone needs the alphabet. Two things that are never going to go out of style: BYU football and the alphabet. And so we've merged the two. And uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy it. It's been uh, and, it was quite I, a project. I just,
1: I just breezed through because I wanted to see.
0: I I actually know every single one of these people in yeah. your well, book you personally. You should. We're the wise guys. We should know these We've guys. We've been doing this long uh, enough that we know every one of these guys personally. I love it. Next week, Brandon Doman on Halloween. We hope you have an awesome week. We'll see you two, uh, Saturday.
2: We'll see you Saturday on game day. On game day.
1: We'll see you next Tuesday right back here. Thanks for joining us tonight, everybody.